RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Justin Watson. And we got Jeff Hobbs along for the ride tonight as well. Appreciate those guys taking some time to join us tonight. We've got a great show, uh, stacked as always. We've got three big interviews we're going to get to here shortly. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, one half of the main event next weekend at Valor 56. It's like Nick Gertz. going to be taking on Nick Martino. We're going to talk to him here in just a couple minutes. After that, we'll talk to you half of the co-main event, C4, Charlie Alexander. Uh, he'll be fighting as well next weekend against Jordan Weeks. And then we'll wrap up our interview segment with Ken the Bull Beverly, who's uh, taking on Nate Jennerman at LFA61. You can watch him live on Axis TV this Friday night. And uh, we, he's got, he's in a little bit of a predicament. We'll get into that a little bit later. Of course, we've also got our Bellator 215 and 216 uh, recaps. We'll go over that briefly as well as the e, uh, ESPN debut of UFC for their first big card they had. So we'll go over that and, and as well as uh, do a brief preview of the UFC Prague show. Justin, how's your week been, my man? Going good, man. Just uh, busy as ever. Right on, right on. Jeff Hobbs getting ready to, to, to come back to Knoxville next week and, uh, and, and and rock it out on the mic for us. How have you been, my man? It's been a couple weeks. Absolutely, man. I'm going to rock the mic here next week. Uh, challenge. Dance off. Um, be ready to go, man. And you know, uh, we had a lot of we had a lot of buddies, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, acquaintances and friends fighting here this past weekend. So excited to, to kind of get your take on how all that went down. I'm sure you uh, you caught UFC uh, on ESPN, huh? Absolutely. Uh, it was one of those kind of rare cards where you know, uh, you know, you like you said, uh, not just acquaintances, but you know, probably some of my um, you know closer. Uh, you know, friends in this sport all fighting on the same card. Um, so it's definitely one, uh, you know, usually you get one, you know, on a card that you've crossed paths with, but to have, you know, three people on there that you've kind of either ran the roads in the past or just, you know, stayed good friends with over the years fighting on the same card uh, made it enjoyable, but definitely a little stressful too. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. We'll uh, we'll get into all that here after we knock out our interviews. Uh, let's let's get started here and go to the line uh, and get Slick Nick Gertz on the line here, and we will uh, we'll chat him up. All right, up first on the line this week, we have got one half of the main event for next week's Valor Fifty Six card at the Cotton Eye Joe. It is Slick Nick Gertz joining us. How's it going, Slick? Hey, what's up, guys? It's going good. How are you? Doing well, man. We, we appreciate you taking some time out of your, uh, what I assume is your hell week right now. Uh, uh, yeah. Going into uh, this big main event next week. You know, uh, before we get into into this fight, it's been a minute since you've, you've competed, man. The last time you've been out there, it's been about a year and a half now. Uh, your last time out against a uh, future UFC fighter, Devontae Smith, who's looked really, really good. Uh, you know, what's been with the time off? Have you have you uh, had any injuries or have you just kind of, uh, you know, taken some time off to uh, to regroup and train and, and improve? Uh, what's been happening over the last year? Because it's been it's been a minute since we've seen you. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a year and a half since I've been in the cage. 
injuries, everything, you know, just taking time off for myself and then, uh, you know, having fun wrecking four-wheelers and getting hurt again. And, you know, oh, Lord. I had, had surgery on my hand. I had to get a, a chunk of wood removed out of my hand and uh, several other things, you know, that just kept happening. But, uh, you know, everything's meant to be. So uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling healthy and, you know, really, really excited to, to get back in the cage and, you know, do what I love and do what I do best. So. Well, hey, man, you know, everybody deserves a little a little time off from now and then. He's kind of looking back over your record. You fought one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight times uh, pretty much from, you know, 2015 uh, on into 2017. So you stayed busy and regular there for a good couple years and, uh, you know, got your record up there nice. And uh, so, yeah, you can you can you can enjoy a little bit of off time for those that don't know Slick good friend of mine and uh he, he is very uh he's a very outdoorsy type so it's it's uh it's no it's no uh shocker to me that you're telling me that you're having wood uh pulled out of your pocket <laughs> yeah <laughs> how, did, and, how uh, did that happen is that climbing a tree <laughs> no i cutting some trees outside of the uh outside the house i was cutting uh cutting some crepe myrtles and uh i guess one of the shards went in my hand i never knew it was there so uh when i went to the orthopedic he thought it was uh he thought it was a cyst oh wow uh, you know, he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna have to remove it." And I was like, "Man, I'm pretty sure it's a piece of wood." And he's like, "Did you feel it go?" I never felt it go in. Didn't see it go in or anything. So, I took a nap actually and woke up and realized it was in my hand. And I was like, "Oh, that's well, sucks. you're lucky you didn't get like terribly infected." Yeah, man, it was in there for uh, for like a good month and a half or so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they took I, it I wonder if you could. I wonder if you could have just like adjusted to that wood in your body and then just used that as like, uh, you know, back in the day, Lex Luger had like the steel plate in his forearm, you know, so he, he used oh, that. Yeah. It's like he's got a, a freaking shard of, of, of splinter in his hand. It's it a big old chunk of wood in my hand. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was a, it was a big old knot in my hand. It's It swelled up pretty good. So, uh, yeah, it felt good to get it out. It was like uh, like one of those good, good, good reliefs, you know, as soon as I woke up. It felt it felt better. <laughs> it was amazing. Well, you're yeah. taking uh, you're, you're you're jumping right into to the main event, man. You know, a year and a half off. A lot of guys would would probably kind of yeah. ease themselves back in. You're jumping right into a pretty tough one. Uh, main event next week, and you're coming up in weight class, and that's kind of the thing I think that really makes this very intriguing is that you know slick nick generally a 155 or a good size 155 or this fight though is at 170 and you're taking on a, a guy that we're very familiar with here in the area a guy that always puts on very entertaining fights in nick over blood martino and uh you know this is a guy that you know this is a, a bit of a, a clash style in a way we had nick on last week he, he spoke nothing but very highly of you but he's excited for this fight and you know you're kind of known to be a ground guy uh but you have Sneaky, deceptive striking, as evidenced by you know flying knee knockouts and, and things of that ilk. Uh, Nick, on the other hand, is kind of known as a you know a karate guy, a, a striker with crazy flicky kicks and and whatnot. So, but he also has a sneaky ground game. He has submitted guys. So neither one of you guys are really one trick ponies. Uh, talk a little bit about this matchup with Martino and uh, you know what it's like fighting at 170. Man, I can't remember. Yeah, man. I'm, maybe I'm, I'm wrong, I'm but doing... like, you never fought at 170 as a pro. Have you? No, no, this is just boxing and kickboxing. But uh, yeah, man, I, I'm I'm here to fuck shit up. I don't I don't care what weight it is. I don't care. <laughs> uh, you know, it might have been a year and a half off. Whatever, it, that doesn't matter to me. I, I'm here. It doesn't matter what weight. Whatever, just. That's what I'm here to do, and uh, man, I'm really excited to fight Nick. He's he's a an exciting guy. He's got an exciting style. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, 
he has a very exciting style, and uh, you know, he's, it's it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I look forward to it. Ground, standing, wherever it goes. Um, like I said, I'm here to fuck shit up. <laughs> but you're going to fuck it up with a full belly this time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually uh, let me do some zos. She dropped off my my food, man. <laughs> well, at least you won't be as grumpy at weigh-ins. You should be. You should be pretty. Not that you're ever really grumpy, but you right? should be. You should be. You should be pretty pleasant, I would think, at, at these Man. weigh-ins. No, it's amazing. It's amazing <laughs> getting to eat, getting to live life like enjoyably. Like I've still been eating clean and everything, you know. And uh, but um, you know, for the most part, like I've, I've just been losing weight. I haven't even been trying to. And uh, so I'm, I'm right on weight. I'm ready to go, man. It's, it's going to be really exciting. I feel. Uh, feel amazingly strong, you know, working with uh, Frankie, you know, at, um, at, the, at the Frankie's Body Shop. So, oh, yeah. It is, it's um, it's going to be really exciting to see me at 170, too. Uh, just, you know, happy Nick, very, very strong. Um, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a really exciting show. And, of course, you're uh, you're the main event at the Cotton Eye Joe. You, you jumped in and did a little commentary with me there at the last fights at the Joe. You're having a good time. Uh, is uh, we Talk a little bit about uh, the atmosphere that we can expect at this. I mean, this isn't just like a normal fight show. These these, these Cotton Eye Joe shows are, are, are pretty are pretty high. Yeah, man, it's really exciting there. Uh, awesome venue. Um, treat, treat the fighters very well. Um, you know, all the fans treat them very well. Everything, everything seems, it's, it seems to be working out really well, um, at the Joe. And, uh, I look forward to putting on a, putting on a show for all the five fans and all the fans of the Joe. And, um, and it's, it's like, it's, like I said before, it's going to be, it's going to be fucking exciting, man. Of course, I've got Jeff Hobbs uh, on the line with me. He's uh, seen lots of your fights. Uh, of course he's excited for this one too. Jeff, what do you have, uh, for slick? I got a couple of things I uh, just wanted to touch on with with uh, with Gertz here, if uh, if he doesn't mind. One, you know, just for somebody like myself, who I'm from the Middle Tennessee area, so um, I just know Slick Nick Gertz from his work in the cage. Uh, I'm not one of those fortunate enough to be in East Tennessee uh, around in your stomping area who knows him personally. So I just want to know if for other people that are listening uh, like me, if you can just talk about more about your support system, you know, um, your family, you know, do wife, girlfriend, kids, maybe nieces and nephews, just like who are some of the important people in your life? Uh, you know, your job, what you do, um, you know, things like that. And just kind of talk to the listeners about uh, who Nick Gertz is outside of the cage. Uh, yeah, man, Knoxville Martial Arts Academy, man, that's, that's my family. Um, those are my people. Uh, you know, I've been, I've been out for a year and a half and not only have I been out from the cage, but I, I was out from the gym a lot. And, uh, it, it feels really, really good to be back around family again. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's nice. Um, oh, those, that's, that's my support people. You know, we push each other everywhere we go. Uh, you know, Eric Turner and, uh, you know, Frankie Padilla, I, I go into war anyway with those two. Do you have those? Uh, do you have those family members though, uh, Nick? Like you know, like you know, some of them, it's their mom. Some of them, it's the the crazy aunt screaming in the front row. Who are some of the people in your family that are just like really behind your fight career? We can always on you know hearing in the crowd. Yeah, man. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I lost I lost the biggest fan I'll ever have. You know, which uh, which was my mother. So. Uh, you know, it, it always sucks, you know, fighting, uh, fighting with her without her actually right. physically being there. But, you know, it's, uh, 
I know she's always there in spirit. So, uh, you know, my dad, my dad's always around, um, his wife, Kim, my, my stepmother, and, uh, you know, they're, they're very supportive. Uh, you know, my two older brothers, uh, DJ and Sam, uh, Sam trains and competes in, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He's competed in the world several times. Uh, very, very talented brown belt. So, uh, you know, anytime we get together, we can cross train together. So not only, you know, is he, is he my brother and supportive that way, but he also gets to help me train for a lot of stuff. So, that's really that's awesome. Cool. Well, we all know how, yeah, how important family is, and it sounds like you've got a lot of support there. Um, yeah, man. We already sure. know you got support. We already know you got support from the fans uh, in the area. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure. guessing uh, they're going to be loud and excited to see you back in the cage too. Um, second thing I wanted to jump on really was um, is just kind of your thoughts. Obviously, we all know, you know, the big shows, the UFC. That's uh, that's everyone's goal, you know. It's not just the UFC anymore with, you know, some of these uh, companies like One that are really stepping up and uh, things like that. But that big show feel is ultimately, you know, every fighter's goal. Um, you've gotten you got the experience in the Bellator cage, which you know, I think was an unfortunate thing that Bellator didn't uh, didn't really market that that NASCAR series like they should have. You know, those weren't really televised, uh, didn't get the bump that they deserved because they were great shows. But do you feel that a lot that, of amazing fighters on that card as well? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, do you think though there, yeah. that um, do you feel that um, how close do you feel that you are to that big show? And do you think that you're going to be able to make that jump from the regional circuit, or do you think that there might need to be one of those stop offs like at an LFA or an Access, where not necessarily that it no, always means the competition's that. better? But just the exposure sometimes is more as far as having your face on that that TV. What? How do you see yeah. your process going? I mean, ultimately, it's up to uh, you know, it's up to Eric Turner, uh, whatever he says. You know, uh, whatever his plan is, I, you know, I listen to it. I'll, I'll follow his plan. But um, <laughs> if I didn't have the, uh, if I didn't take the last year and a half off, I would be in the UFC, no doubt about it. Um, I should be in the UFC now. No doubt about it. I'm better than three quarters of the roster in my division in the UFC. No doubts about it. And uh, you know, it's just it's it's wasting time. I've wasted a lot of time this last year and a half, and you know, it sucks. But it is it's good. Everything happens for a reason. Uh, Devontae Smith, the guy uh, the guy I fought last that I lost to, uh, you know, he's in the UFC now. I think what he's had. Uh, He's had like two fights in the UFC now. Uh, yeah, he fought, he's really, he fought yeah. on that last, that last big card on the uh, Anderson Silva card. Um, but uh, yeah, man, he he won. He dude, that motherfucker knocks people out left and right, first round. Like right, I was staying toe, I was toe to toe with that guy for four rounds, and uh, you know that was that was his one one time out of ten times that he would beat me. So you put him back in front of me ten more times, I'll beat him ten times, guaranteed. But um, you yeah. know, it, it's all a process. It's all a process. And, We'll move forward and do better next time, you know? Absolutely, man. Well, we definitely – I know I look forward to seeing it. Uh, I definitely like the attitude. Uh, you know, uh, the last person I, I worked with uh, pretty closely, uh, Luke Sanders, who had no uh, problem telling everybody uh, when he wasn't in the UFC that he deserved to be in the UFC. He made it there and he got there, and I expect to definitely see the same uh, same from you. So look forward to that. Yeah, but until then, I look forward to seeing you next Friday night. Same, man. Same.
So, Nick, we're going to let you have the mic to uh, to give some shout outs where they're due going into this big main event. Any uh, sponsors, training partner love you want to give, you uh, you know the routine. Yeah, of course, man. I want to thank uh, Knoxville Martial Arts Academy, uh, Frankie's Body Shop, Frankie Padilla, uh, Eric Turner, Joey Zonar. Uh, of course, all my training partners. Uh, Jason King's really been helping me out a lot uh, with this camp. Uh, I want to thank him out. Of course, all my family and everybody. Uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty much it, man. Once again, thanks it to, has uh, been. Thanks, thanks, yeah. to, thanks to Valor Fights for uh, for having me out. You know, it's uh, the best show in, in Tennessee, one of the best in the Southeast, and it's uh, it's really exciting for my for my return to be on the you know the main event for for their car. It's really cool. This has been Slick Nick Gertz, one of the top prospects in the nation. Uh, generally at 155, he'll be bumping up to 170 next weekend in the main event. Bauer 56, Fight Night at the Joe. Make sure you check it out. If you can't be there live in person, it'll be live on Flow Combat. So no reason to miss this one. Thanks so much for the time, Nick. We'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you, sir. Okay, up next, we've got another one of my favorite fighters. We got, we got like all fighters I really like tonight on the, on the, on the air. Not that I dislike anybody, but some I just really like. C4, Charlie Alexander joins us, and uh, he's going to be in the co main event next week, Valor 56. Fight Night at the Joe. You can catch it live on Flow Combat or, of course, live in person. And, and, and there's nothing like seeing it in person, especially at this place. Charlie, how's it going, my man? Going good, man. Just uh, finished my last hard sparring session. And uh, I'm on my way home. Pretty good. Feeling good. So, yeah, we're catching you, I guess, on, uh, on like everyone else, on on your hell week of sorts. This is your the last hard push uh, before you make that return. Uh, of course, coming off of a win over uh, another highly touted prospect in Keith Olsen. So uh, you're, you're looking to keep the train rolling now. This time, uh, bumping up in weight a little bit. Going, at, You're all doing a catch weight, 160 pounds. Taking on a, a, a tough ground guy in Jordan Weeks. Coming out of Fitness Edge in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Talk a little bit about well before we get before we get into that, let's let's talk a little bit about the last one. Uh, let's let's kind of recap the, the Keith Olson win. Uh, I don't I don't know that we got to talk to you since then uh, a whole lot. We we halfway got through some picks before your phone died. So uh, before we yeah. before we get into this next one, uh, let's uh, let's recap that Keith Olson win and uh, you know what 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 you kind of got out of that and uh, you know uh, the the build up into this one. Um. Uh, the Keith Olsen fight was a good fight. Uh, I learned a lot. Got a lot of ring time, 15 minutes in there. Uh, he's a pretty good striker, pretty good on there. I wanted to test myself with him on the ground. Uh, I feel like I probably probably could have picked it up a little bit and went for the finish, but uh, I was more concerned about get, getting the win and uh, just fighting a smart fight. And I, I think I dominated everywhere and uh, showed that I, I'm just as dangerous on the ground as I am on the feet. So of course that uh, that moved your record to three and one now. Coming into Knoxville, uh, you'll be taking on uh, Jordan Weeks. Uh, like we just mentioned a little bit earlier, he is uh, he you know he's a, he's a tall, rangy guy, uh, brown belt I believe in uh, in BJJ. So he, he's very tricky on the ground. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, you know this one? What what, what you expect to, to be uh, some challenges that you may have to uh, face here with Weeks, and uh, where you feel like you may have uh, some advantages yourself. Yeah, I feel like he's going to be a, a game opponent for sure. He's going to be tall, rangy. Uh, I'm definitely going to – I'm going to be honest, I think I'm, I'm better than him everywhere. I'm, I'll, I'll outstrike him. Uh, I'm definitely the better athlete, better striker. Uh, yeah, he's a brown belt, but 
you know, we all know uh, the jiu-jitsu belts and, and an MMA fight, they hold a little weight, but they don't hold that much weight. Uh, you don't got a key to grab onto, and then whenever I'm driving elbows in your face and smothering you uh, on the ground, uh, you know, it is what it is. So I look forward to the fight. Uh, I've been training super, super hard. Um, I think it's, it's a good fight for me. It's a good fight for him. Uh, so I'm just looking forward to it. But I definitely think uh, I'm going to outpace him on the feet, and then if he wants to take it to the ground or if I want to take it to the ground, we'll take it down there. And uh, I think I'll be too much for him, though, and I'm, I plan on uh, getting a stoppage in this one for sure. Of course, this one, uh, like we mentioned, at 160, so not having to cut all the way to 155, uh, is that affecting anything as far as your ability to, you know, just to stay a little more hydrated, to eat a little bit more, or are you still kind of on that on that same pace uh, as you normally would be? Uh, no, man, I've, I've, I've barely been out having to diet for this. Uh, like, this is the easiest cut I've had. This is easy for me, so... It's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm already at the weight that I'll be fighting out in the cage, so I'm where I want to be. I'll do a little water cut, get on weight, and then uh, and be good to go. But, yeah, my weight cut's been super easy. I'm eating good. I'm not missing no meals. I'm drinking plenty of fluids. Uh, and I've got to train my whole camp at the at the weight that I'll be fighting at in the cage, which which will be good. Yes, sir, for sure. Of course, we got our buddy Jeff Hobbs on the line. He's uh, from out in your neck of the woods in Middle Tennessee. Jeff, what you got for C4? Yeah, man, you know, just a couple things. Uh, one, obviously, you know, when we're talking fight-specific, you know, I, I know Charlie well enough to know um, Charlie ain't worried about too much, period. Uh, you can call it cocky or confident, but uh, he, he's confident in himself. But I, I got to ask, though, uh, because I've, I've been there before with fighters in the past. I, I remember once uh, on a Dustin West fight, and you know, he was fighting this guy out of Oklahoma that was like 6'4", and I mean, and he hated it. He couldn't stand it. And, and the reason being, and I guess what I'm asking you is maybe not necessarily fear, but concern. It, Dustin's thing was, is when I'm fighting a taller fighter and I'm expecting body parts to be in a certain place when, you know, when I'm going for something or when he's going for something and they're not where they're supposed to be, it, he always felt like it left them susceptible, you know, during a takedown and I feel I'm in you know, I'm in side mount or, or half guard or something, and I'm expecting a normal-sized guy that I'm fighting or a comparable guy, you know, his leg to be here and his knee to be here, but then it's not. Uh, is it something that you're worried? Are you worried about his length? Or you, no, I wouldn't say worried, but concerned about his length. Or is that something you're just mindful during the camp? You know, the entire time is just remembering this is a taller guy. You know, when he throws his legs up or tries to throw his legs up over my – over my shoulders or around my head, they're going to get there quicker or he's going to have more room to work with. Is it something that you you were mindful of during this camp? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so I don't, I'm not, like, super stressed about it, but it's something that I definitely take into consideration. Uh, I don't base my camps really off my opponent, but I do. I have kept in mind that this dude's tall, and something else to think about is, I fought a lot of tall guys in my career. I fought uh, Mark Jones. He's 6'2". I fought some other – I forgot his name. His name's like Jacob something. He's like 6'3". Uh, I fought like three or four dudes that are over six foot. So I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with it. Um, and then I've also uh, been scheduled to fight Luis Pena a couple times. So during that time, I've, uh, I've, I've made a game plan for taller opponents. And uh, gotcha. I've actually – I had a super good uh, trainer partner for this camp that's basically the – almost the same size as this guy, if not a little bigger. 
and uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for the link. So I, I put, I've taken yeah. into account, and I, I definitely got some, uh, some good tricks I got for the tall guys, and I, I think it'll be it'll be to my advantage that uh, he's got the links, but I got a lot of advantage as well whenever it comes to that. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know, I've known you a long time, Charlie, and um, you know, one of the things that's that's been interesting um, to me about your career. Like I said, I, I mean, this this goes back to a long time ago, you know, when you first started out, you know, knowing you from the beginning is you're one of the guys in Nashville that just never seemed to really rush their career. Um, you know, you, um, you were in the gym day in and day out, but you had other things that were important to you, you know, school uh, at one point and you wanted to graduate and finish college, a uh, career, unfortunately, injuries and, and things like that. And, you just, you were not one of those guys that jumped on this real quick, you know, I need to go pro or I need to hurry up after four amateur fights and, and go pro. And you really took your time and there was no rush. It never seemed like there was any rush with you, but do you feel like you're getting to that age now, kind of in your late twenties that, um, you're getting close to that time where you need to start thinking bigger as far as, uh, you know, making that splash with, um, a bigger named opponent or, um, you know, a, a bigger size, um, venue show type thing, you know, just a bigger, do you feel like you've reached that point now where, you know, you get into that late twenties where like, okay, if I'm going to make my move, it's got to start happening soon. Is, is that something that you're, yeah. you're starting to get to the point of? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that's something that's, that's been going through my mind a lot lately. Uh, I just turned 28. Um, I don't feel 20. I feel a lot younger. So there's a. There's well, that's a one of the things I've always thought. You didn't put your body through that damage. So even though you're a little later in the years in your late 20s, you don't have all those road miles on you, too. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm 28. Uh, I know, you know, I, I think realistically I can fight Tom 35. That's another seven years. Um, but I, I'm basically to the point now where. I've been doing MMA for 10 years. Before that, I've done uh, contact sports since I was four years old. So I've got 24 years in, con- in uh, contact sports. But, uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm Basically, the way I look at it is, you know, I got, I got about four four years, five years to really hit it. And uh, if I'm going to make it, I, I need to start start uh, bumping, bumping up my competition, uh, fighting on a bigger show, and just make my run now. So, yeah, I'm ready to make that run. Um, I got you. No doubt. So, so you know, never looking, never looking past an opponent. Um, but let's just say for, for, you know, shits and giggles here, everything goes your way next Friday night. Um, what do you see your path as? If, if you had to look at, I don't want to call it a hit list, but, um, you know, there's still some regional stuff in our area, uh, that would make for one entertainment for the fans, um, but make for hell fights for, for Valor or any other promotion in the area for that matter. Um, is there a couple of stepping stones, uh, if you will, not that I really mean that they would be stepping stones, but if you were passing out your career, is there still a couple of uh, local fights, you know, as far as Tennessee and then the Southeast um, that you might be looking forward to or the possibility of, of meeting in the cage before, you know, making the next jump, whether it be to an access TV show or something like that, is there still some business locally that you think can get you there? Uh, that's a good question. Um, 
I, I don't really have anybody particularly that I want to that I'm looking at the fight. Um, somebody that I want to fight for a while is Jacob Kilburn. Uh, I'd like to I'd like to make that fight happen. I know he's he fights at 145 typically though, but um, that may be one of the fights that I'd be willing to make that jump down to 145 or maybe 150 and fight that guy. But uh, as, as far as locally goes. Not too sure. Jacob Kilburn would be a good one. Uh, definitely want to fight somebody with uh, a, a record worth fighting. I know uh, David Robbins called me out or something. He's he's got a, his record's not where I want it to be at for me to fight him. Just to be honest, that doesn't really intrigue me too much. Um, if he got four and zero, five and zero, maybe. But uh, yeah, I don't have like a anybody specific to uh, to call out off off the top. But I definitely well, do. I, definitely, I, uh, I would love. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say, I definitely know that if uh, uh, Tim Loy and, and Eric and them decided to bring a show back to Nashville anytime soon, that kill uh, that Jacob fight uh, would be something they would definitely be interested in as well. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, if we can get a fight in Nashville, man, I can, I'm going to sell 100, 200 tickets easy. Uh, I haven't got a, I haven't got a fight in Nashville in over a year. So all my people around here are dying to, uh, dying to have me have me fight close but needless to say i'm having a pretty good crowd to show up to knoxville as well next next friday sounds good to me man <laughs> well i'm gonna let you have the floor man to uh, give some shout outs where they're due uh sponsors or or training partners uh any 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 props you want to give i'll let you have it oh yeah so uh as always uh, i've been nashville in May my entire career uh, i'll be nashville in May forever so my coach is uh, Lance Patrick, and uh, me and him have been doing the, doing this for my entire career. And uh, too many training partners to name. Y'all know who you are, especially the guys that uh, not only grind with me inside the gym at practice, but uh, we do our road work together and whatnot. And uh, got a great team. I got a great support system at the gym, and I can't wait to get back in there and show you guys what I've been working on because I've been I've been killing it. So I'm I'm just ready to go. Once again, this has been Rising Lightweight Prospect C4, Charlie Alexander. He'll be returning to the Valor Cage next weekend. It's all going down next Friday, uh, March the 1st. It's Valor 56. Fight night at the Joe. Charlie will be in the co-main event taking on Jordan Weeks. Can't wait for it, Charlie. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you. See you guys next week. All right. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to talk to uh, Ken the Bull Beverly. He is in the middle of a, uh, a crazy weight cut uh, taking place in Charlotte, North Carolina, for a fight in Minnesota tomorrow. His flight apparently was uh, canceled. There's some rough weather. He's flying into Minnesota, I guess, where they've got like a lot of snow, uh, obviously. And uh, he is now not able to fly out till 7 a.m. tomorrow and weighing at like noon or one o'clock in the afternoon. So. He is cutting that weight in Charlotte, and we are not going to uh, disturb him. And best of luck to Ken. Of course, he takes on Nate Gentleman on LFA Friday night uh, on Access TV, and we will uh, we'll try to catch up with him after that fight uh, next week. Uh, but that wraps up our interview segment a little bit short tonight, and uh, we'll move on into our recap of uh, this past weekend's action. And for that, we will bring in our friend Greg Hopkins, uh, who – uh, was the only one of us that did worth a damn uh, this past weekend. He only had action on one big play, but it but it cashed. 
we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Greg, how's it going, my man? Uh, I, I, I know that you did okay here on the Pigs panel, but talking to you throughout the evening uh, that night, it was bad news all around, huh? Yeah, oh, God, that whole UFC fight car was ugly for me. Yeah, it was a bad night. It was a bad night. It was a bad weekend. We'll, we'll go ahead and, and dive into it. Of course, we started off Friday night uh, with one of two Bellator cards. We had back-to-back cards for Bellator, but both of them were kind of like a little whatever. I think they could have made it into like one good card and probably not, you know, gotten away with it, you know. Um, of course, uh, we didn't have odds on a lot of that, a lot of those fights moving uh, into the time that we recorded the podcast, but just going over the, the main card results, Austin Vanderford defeats Cody Jones with a, an arm triangle in the first round. Cody was was competitive there early with him. Cody, of course, uh, a Valor vet. We were rooting for him, but he wasn't able to get it done. Austin Vanderford, Paige Van Zant's man, uh, he gets that win. Uh, John Duma scores a big upset over Mike Kimball, uh, round one triangle. Kimball's a guy that they're really pushing hard. He's a beast, uh, just a, a specimen of a, of a guy and very exciting and uh, self-confident and all that. But then John Duma, he, he reigned on that parade and got a triangle there in the first round. And uh, he came in at like plus 325 by the time the fight came out and the odds were out there. You, if you took John Duma, then you cashed pretty good. And I did. I actually got off to a good start. It was all downhill from there. Uh, Eduardo Dantes defeats Toby Misek. By unanimous decision, uh, not much of a surprise there. Logan Storley defeats Ion Paskey by unanimous decision, and that one really killed the show. That that Storley guy is he's a hell of a wrestle fucker. Uh, he's real good at that. It's hard to stop him, but it's it's really hard to watch, and it's really hard to stay vested. Uh, and then, of course, Matt Mitrione and Sergey Karatonov is just a big old debacle, uh, shit show, no contests. Accidental low blow about 15 seconds into the first round, and that thing uh, apparently was hard enough to give Karatonov uh, uh, a hemorrhoid. He, he kicked him that hard. But uh, anyway, so the main event was just a big old bust, and so the night ends essentially on that. And then Logan Storley's just atrociously boring uh, performance uh, in the co-main event. Uh, quick thoughts from each uh, each of you all on Bellator 215. Uh, overall thoughts uh, was worth shit. Um, uh, Justin wasn't worth my time to even to even tune into. I caught the highlights of it. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. My guy. I guess the most notable thing about it would be uh, Mitrion kicking Sergey in the dick piece and and getting getting the fight called in 15 seconds. That was that's a shitty way to end the card, you know. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, just uh, just a big old just a big old fucking buzzkill all the way around. Uh, Jeff, did you have a chance to catch this one? I, yeah, I had a chance to catch it, and I chose not to. Woo! Uh, yes. And I just can't I, I can't get invested in it, man. There's just there is nothing that that turns my dial about these Bellator cards, especially like you said when they do them back to back nights, which means I don't know they just feel so thrown together. Um, there's you know, maybe three, four recognizable names on it. Um, I'm like you. I'd much rather maybe take the best of both cards and just make one instead of trying to, you know, saturate it, um, you know, around a UFC. There's nothing sexy on this card, and there was nothing, like Justin said, other than just going, oh, yeah, there's a card. Let me check the highlights. Uh, you know, maybe having a few drinks and, and just watching the, you know, the gif of, you know, Mitch Ram kicking them. Uh, you know, having a good laugh about it a few times, but no, I'm, no, I'm out on 2:15. And Greg, of course, uh, what 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 was your, what were your thoughts on uh, Bellator 2:15? Well, um, 
I wouldn't spend a whole lot of time talking about it, but I will say that I can't bitch about the the fight card because my ass was sitting there watching the whole damn thing, just like the <laughs> Super Bowl was four hours long. I watched the whole damn thing, so I can't bitch about it and say it sucked. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I sat there and watched every bit of it. So I can't say that I was upset because I got to see some fights on a Friday night and it was pretty straight. But as far as the quality goes, I'm not going to bitch about it because it was something I got to do on a Friday night and I enjoyed that. That's the best I can say about it. Hey, we have you. There's a silver lining to every cloud. I love it. Uh, moving on into Bellator TC. For the record, none of us took any action on our official podcast picks uh, for for Bellator 215. Have a little action on this next one. Bellator 216 uh, main card. Uh, Yaroslav Amosov moves to like fucking 21 and 0 or some nonsense. He's really got a big record. <laughs> defeats uh, defeats Eric Silva. Unanimous decision. Uh, Justin took a flyer on uh, Eric Silva uh, for 10 units and didn't work out for him. Czech Congo uh, steals one, as far as I'm concerned, over Vitaly Minikoff. Uh, unanimous decision. I was That one really, I think, was like the 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 catalyst that just started my weekend to shit. Uh, I was heavy on Vitaly Minikoff. And, uh, and he, that just blew up all my parlays. Uh, I thought he, I thought he won for sure. I thought he won, and and they, and he didn't. I guess. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Greg. Uh, also, I know in in real life we were both uh, pretty heavy on Minikoff, and that blew up in our face. Justin, on the other hand, he did uh, throw uh, Congo in a in a uh, uh, parlay that was soon to be uh, broken up in our next fight. Uh, Mirko Krokop defeats. Big country Roy Nelson by unanimous decision. Uh, just not I, – I, I wasn't really too impressed by either one of these fights uh, and really not that impressed by the main event. I thought we were going to get a really, really good uh, main event between Michael Venom Page, Paul Daly. That one was very hyped. They didn't like each other, a lot of shit talking, and then – they didn't ever really engage like like I really thought that they would. Uh, Michael Page gets a unanimous decision over Paul Daly, um, and that was Greg's all-in bet. Greg went all-in on Michael Venom Page. All 51.19 of his units he had remaining cashed out 22.75 units there and gets him up to 73.94. So uh, good good week for Greg in that regard. Um, I also took uh, Venom Page as part of a parlay with Cain Velasquez, which obviously didn't work out either. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, Bellator 216, uh, Jeff, did this one, did this one uh, gain your interest? Uh, the main event did. Yeah, the, the main event had my attention and um, – you know, I made sure none of the other card. No, it didn't. Uh, but I made sure I flipped over for the main event. Um, now in hindsight, it ended up being uh, worth a damn. In my opinion, I just, you know, the Paul Daly that we knew nine years ago, 10 years ago, uh, I think this would have been a hell of a fight. Uh, he's just not delivering anymore. Um, I just I wasn't impressed by the fight as a whole. I think it just under delivered, but I watched it um, nonetheless. So they 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 pulled me in on name recognition and and hype. So they got me, um, but just wasn't impressed with with it. Um, Crow Cop Nelson. I mean that's that's your that's your uh, you know typical Bellator uh, gimmick fight. You know old schoolers on the way out. Check Congo. Never been a big fan of. Uh, you know, looks like Tarzan fights like Jane usually most of the time, so I wouldn't have 
uh, I wouldn't have bet on Congo myself. Um, so, yeah, there's my take on Bellator once again. I, I really don't have one. <laughs> Greg, uh, Bellator 216, you, you you nailed it on Michael Page at least, but you had to have maybe been sweating it a little bit just the way the fight was playing out. Bro, off the podcast in real life, I bet on every single fight that night, and <laughs> I don't know how the judges see certain aspects of any fight or who won the Congo fight because I don't really think that you can control a, a fight the majority of the whole fight, and then in the last 25, 30, 20 seconds, you just get worked, and then all of a sudden judges say, oh, well, hell, if that would have gone another 20 seconds, he would have got knocked out, but it didn't go another 20 seconds, so he didn't win that fight, in my opinion. Uh, and, and in my own opinion, I really think that MVP and Daly fight might have could have been a draw. I mean, it, could, it can't be because of the tournament, but, like, I mean, that one was too close to call, too. All them, all them, all them were close to call that night. I, I didn't I didn't enjoy it for that fact because I did have money riding on all the fights. So it was kind of a really stressful night. It ended well for me, but, I mean, uh, no, I didn't really enjoy it. Justin, uh, Bellator 216, did, uh, did you catch this one or just the highlights? Uh, just the highlights again. I wouldn't – I mean, the name value, you know, like like, uh, like Jeff said, the name value almost drew me in, but um, I don't know. I, I felt – same way about you know watching it back I, I felt the same way about the crow cop and nelson fight as you felt about the congo fight um felt like it could have gone then i mean both just just like you said just super boring stupid fights and the it, paul daly going in and, and shooting first thing i mean you know trying to wrestle fuck michael page was crazy i, I don't know that was that was awful i have heard a lot of uh comparisons uh for michael page and, and style bender and I mean, Page is a little smaller, but, you know, I, I don't know. I think that Michael Page has got a long ways to go before he's going to be anywhere close to competing at the same level as, as Stylebender. Oh, I would have to agree with you there. I don't think that that's close right now. I think, nope. uh, I think he gets work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Stylebender could just go in, in an R roll and, and break his, you know, tear his knee out and it'd be over. Michael Page <laughs> can't do anything about how about it if you go to the ground and, and on the feet, I just, he's sloppy there too. I mean, you know, you, do you know anything about his dad? No. His dad died. And so that was kind of like a little bit of the storyline going in, I guess, is that his dad had passed away. And so, you know, what was his mindset going to be like? But I heard a little bit more about it. And apparently his dad owned a dojo uh, wherever over there in England. And he has like, before he died, he had like 20 counts of, uh, uh, like rape and, and statutory rape and stuff where he was, I guess, grooming these girls in his school. And one of them was like 12 years old. He took her virginity at like 12 years old. And so he's like a real shitty fucking dude, you know. <laughs> and uh, But they were almost pushing it like, oh, poor Michael Page lost his dad. But, you know, they should have been like, fuck that dude. You know, like, why? Right. I don't even know why they even put any spotlight on that. But um, I thought that was an interesting, interesting little tidbit to know about him, you know, that his dad, you know, the person who taught him all that karate and, and his whole background, you know, that dude's like a big time pedophile. Oh my gosh. You learn something new every day here on the Valor Hour. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, this, this podcast took a weird turn. <laughs> yeah, right. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't go without saying something about it. I hear you, man. Yeah. Fuck that guy. You yeah, fuck that dude. <laughs> And speaking of weird, I felt I felt like my whole 
my whole mojo was thrown off with this UFC being on a Sunday. Like all day that day, me just, you know, preparing myself to watch UFC. I just felt like it was a Saturday and that, uh, in the, you know, to wrap my head around the next day being Monday was just uh, really hard for me to do. It seemed like all night. Uh, UFC well, on ESPN uh, went down Sunday and it was uh, it was pretty stacked little card, man. It was, uh, it was it better than the pay-per-view, in my opinion. It all started off uh, with the prelims. We were supposed to have three. We lost one the day of the show. Jessica Panay had missed weight by like three or four pounds. And then she pulled out with an ankle injury on fight day. So Jody Esquibel, um it ends up without a fight. Uh, sucks for her. I was going to bet on Panay, and um, so I, my I played it and go through. Same for for Justin there. But we did get to see two fights, and we got to see two finishes. Emily Whitmire uh, defeats Alexandra Albu uh, first round rear naked choke, and I believe they said it was like the fastest submission. I don't know if it was like in female history, but maybe it was like in her weight classes history. But it might have been in female UFC history. But it was a, it was an upset regardless. Um, I I went in heavy. I went um, on Alexandra Albu thinking that was just a lot because I've never been too high on Whitmire, and she came out there and just uh, and just put it on her real fast. Uh, and then of course our boy Luke Sanders uh, pulls off the uh, the TKO in the second round over uh, you know one of the one of the living legends and Hanan Barao. Uh, really close first round. Barrow was landing those leg kicks pretty good and uh, uh, had Luke bloodied up a little bit. And the Luke bit down and, uh, you know, kept coming forward, started hurting Barrow, finishes him off. Uh, big win, biggest win of his career for Luke Sanders. Uh, Jeff Hobbs, your take on these first couple uh, prelims? Yeah, I'm like you when it comes to the, the female fight. You know, I, um, I didn't think Emily had it in her um, to, to pull that one out. And uh, the Russian chick's hot. Let's not forget about that. <laughs> um, but yeah. needless to say, you know, I was uh, I was I was happy for Whitmire. You could tell in her post fight interview, uh, you know, how much it meant to her to finally get that UFC win. And I can only imagine, um, you know, I've never been a, a competitor in the in the cage, so you know, I, I probably can't put into words probably what that probably feels like. Justin probably could, could do that better. Um, but just what it had to have meant for her and just that, that relief to finally get uh, that UFC win. I, I do. She, she made a comment that I liked, you know, yes, I've been in the UFC and I've had a UFC be- fight before, but I didn't feel like a UFC fighter until I, you know, I was not going to feel like I was a UFC fighter until I got a win. So um, I, d- I definitely understand what she's saying there and admire that. Uh, and holy shit, Luke Sanders, my God. <laughs> um, yes, my whole family, you know, I've got my man room upstairs and, uh, the kids had to run up and ask, you know, what was wrong? Uh, was I okay? I guess the shriek, <laughs> the, the shriek and shrill that came out and it sounded like I was coming through the floor, I guess. Um, is this good man, or is it bad? you know, monumental win for Luke Sanders, man. Um, that, that was huge for him. Uh, I think he didn't keep it, you know, a secret. And you know, most of us knew that have watched, you know, his career that, you know, you can't take too many losses in the UFC, regardless of how close they are. And I, I think he knew that this could be a make or break fight for his career on whether or not he was going to get to see, you know, the, the end of his current contract. So I know there was a lot of pressure on his back. Um, and I tell you what, you knew by his walkout song too, Blaze of Glory, what his mindset was. And I talked to him a little bit yesterday, you know, even about the walkout song. Um, he knew that, you know, this could have, that was a make or break fight and he was going to go out in a blaze of glory. And that's why he, he picked that song um, to, to walk out to. Um, 
like you said, Tim, you know, first round was close. Uh, I didn't know what Burrell was going to come out. I knew that if he came out and really worked his, you know, Luke's legs, you know, kicked a lot, that, it, you know, it, hell, it, it might be a bad night for him if he if he uses kicks. And I'd be damned he came out and he started using them. I was like, holy shit, you know, this – because Luke's, you know, he's going to keep coming forward and he's going to have to take them. Um, not really get – I don't worry, get really worried about Luke cutting too much. Um because he's got a lot of scar tissue. He's, he's at that point where there's so much scar tissue just from years of fighting that, it, you know, if you breathe on them the wrong way, you know, that, that stuff opens up. But was definitely proud of, of his corner. Um, you know, the, the commentary uh, for that fight touched on it a lot. Um, Trevor uh, Whitman was doing, like, in-between-round commentary about what the corners were saying, and, and he was even impressed with the instructions that Randy and the crew were given uh, Luke about the second round and what he needed to do. And I was so impressed with the way he, he did exactly what they told him to do. And that was close the distance, move forward, stay at, you know, come in, don't be at the end of his kicks. And he did. And that, that quick one, two, those were brutal punches on the ground. Um, just, they weren't blocked, uh, whatsoever. I think he got about three straight, you know, to the dome, uh, on the ground. And, uh, I uh, couldn't have been more excited for him. So then at that point, I'm watching the whole rest of the car to see if that 50K was a lot for him, and sure enough, it did. So uh, it was a nice little payday for Mr. Sanders and and definitely extended his career in the UFC. Yeah, yeah, it was one that I feel like he, he really needed, and uh, and I think he, he understood the gravity of the situation as well. So congrats to him. Greg, uh, your thoughts on uh, these, these prelims here? Uh, Albu, uh, Albu didn't work out for us. No, she pissed me off a good deal because that was the first bet I put on the uh, the Valor Eller Facebook page to get the nut started off, and then she lost. Uh, then I personally sprinkled – I didn't put a bet on the page, but I sprinkled like maybe like 10 units, like 10 like dollars on Hannibal Rao just to see what would happen, and then did good the first round and then cracked. It was over with. I was like, wow, that was quick. Uh but yeah, both of those sites were pretty hype up. I enjoyed both of them. They were both full, uh, full of action the whole time. Both of them were. Justin, you Al, uh, Al Boo just—I mean, she just really hurt my feelings. Yeah, that was <laughs> bad. I would have never, I would have never called it to go anywhere near like that uh, on either girl's mm-hmm. part, honestly. <laughs> uh, Justin, you had uh, Hinan Burrell in our picks here. Uh, you like the value at plus 160. And I got to say, it was tempting. I, this is one of the few, very few fights that I just left alone on this one because um, I wanted to root for Luke. And uh, but at the same time, I was just I, I was scared. I was I was scared that it was too, too big, a too big a test. And so, uh, you know, I, I missed out on cashing with him. But uh, your thoughts on these prelims? Yeah, man. Beforehand, I thought, you know, I thought that the Burrell was a great bet, but um, extremely happy. I lost the bet. That's that's the worst we've seen him get whooped so far. I mean, man, that second round, like like Jeff said, he went Luke went to his corner. The first round was close. He went to his corner. They told him what to do, and he did exactly – followed in his, his, the instructions to a T um, and went out there and just fucked Hennon up, man. What, like, when he was on top of Hennon landing those those shots, you know, that that's – we haven't seen that before. Um, I think it was a huge statement for him, uh, you know, and like Jeff said, he's, he's – that'll give him – get him another fight for sure, you know. This was – he was – I think he was kind of brought in, you know, for Hennon to, to get a, a win, and – that backfired for sure. 
You think that's the? Uh, you, think that'll, you think that'll be the uh, the last we see of uh, Burrell? At one thirty-five. Was yeah. it at one thirty-five? It was thirty-five, but he missed the weight. I think. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He missed by like three or four pounds. I think. Do you remember, Jeff? Yeah, it was. Uh, well, if you count the the one pound allowance, it was uh, two pounds. So it was one thirty-eight. Okay. Yeah. So I don't. I, I doubt he'll be. He'll be back at thirty-five. You've seen a. A big difference in him and Burrell since Usada. Um, I think he's. I doubt he'll, he'll stop fighting, but um, he's not the same. He's not the same person that he was uh, when he was on that huge, huge winning streak and and everything. I mean, but he's still fucking him and Burrell, though. You know, like it's still it's still a massive win over top level opponent. Uh, I think that you know before Usada, maybe he had a little a little assistance getting down to that weight and still performing you know, at, at his peak. Um, but I don't know either way, you know, you Luke just beat a guy that was, you know, looked at at one time he was looked at as, you know, the pound pound best fighter in the world by a lot of people. And Luke just walked through him. I mean, you know, the, the first round was close, but the second round it was all Luke and, um, excited to see where he goes from here for sure. Well, you know, uh, that I, that just reminded me that him missing weight, he got 20% of Burrell's money, and all Burrell's money yeah. is probably better than Luke's money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was about, I, I thought about that, too. 20%, usually you're like, okay, maybe maybe get a couple thousand, but 20% of Burrell's money, yeah. the he's put in, you know, how many uh, re-ups on his contract oh, he's yeah. been, championship money, 20% of, her, of his purse could have been a fucking lick. Yeah, you, you <laughs> might be looking at 20 grand. Oh, very yeah, well. Absolutely. Very well could have been. Absolutely. That's uh, that's awesome. Good for Luke, man. I, I hope he don't go out and blow it all in one place. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily the UFC's waiting in the back, and when they cut those checks, usually your taxes are already gone out of it. Yeah, that's nobody's good. nobody's getting an IRS trouble at least. So, yeah. in your opinion, Jeff? You know, obviously with this this UFC Nashville card creeping up on us here, we still got about a month. Was that a fight that uh, that Luke incurred any damage that would prevent him from uh, lobbying for to be added on here to fight at home? Yeah, I mean, he made it clear that uh, he wanted a quick fight uh, with the possibility of getting added on to the uh, UFC Nashville card. But we all know, um, again, we got a fighter on the panel here, and he'll tell you. It, you may not have taken a bit of damage, but if you get just the littlest cut, they're going to throw, you know, at least a month uh, on you just because you, you bled, even if it's just a superficial cut. So, um, you know, we didn't talk about that part, but I think uh, that had a lot to do with him not bringing up Nashville during the post fight is, you know, he's a smart enough guy to know I'm bleeding. They're going to put at least 30 on me uh, just for this cut. So it's probably out of the question at this point. That should have been released by now. You haven't heard about that? I haven't. I haven't seen or, or looked. It should be out by now. Probably could find it somewhere. They usually they usually issue those that night. So like on Sunday or Monday, you know who's been suspended and what the suspensions are. We'll get our crack uh, research team uh, on top of that. And, and, and by research team, I mean probably Justin. On <laughs> <laughs> by research, we mean Google it. What's oh, that? Yeah, for sure. I was just gonna say by research we mean Justin. Google that on the other uh, on another page real quick. <laughs> it's it's going. Uh, it moves on to the 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 ESPN proper portion uh, on televised prelims, if you will. Uh, our boy Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman didn't quite have uh, have have enough of a late push to get it done 
against Nick Lentz. Nick Lentz wins a unanimous decision, uh, but Justin and myself both uh, took a shot at hot sauce on that one. And then uh, Andrea KGB Lee defeats Ashley Evan Smith by unanimous decision. I, I don't. None of us played uh, her, but I did play Ashley Evan Smith in real life because I just thought she'd be bigger and her wrestling would be too much for Andrea Lee, and I like the plus money and still lost. Uh, Manny Bermudez defeats Benito Lopez, round one guillotine sub, made it look pretty easy. Uh, and I think that was maybe the first loss for Lopez or maybe a second one. But Bermudez, is, he's slick on the ground. He, he's pretty good. Um, and then Aljamain Sterling defeats Jimmy Rivera by unanimous decision. I lose again on that one. I took Jimmy Rivera. Uh, Justin, however, he did win on that one. That was one of his few wins on the weekend. He took uh, Aljamain Sterling at plus 125. Justin, your thoughts on the televised prelims? Um, I love love seeing Aljamain go out there and get a win. Um, it's one of the guys that, that I follow pretty close. Um just being out of out of Longo's up there, I, I like that gym a lot. Um, every everybody that comes out of that gym is is tough as nails. I got one coming up this weekend. Um, so you know, he's I've heard he's looking to to maybe fight uh, the winner of uh, this Garbrandt fight this weekend. Or when is that Garbrandt fight on the March second? I think or yeah, something. Yeah, that's maybe? the the pay per view with John Jones. Yeah, so um, I'd love to see that fight. Benito. Um, was it Benito? I think Benito missed weight too. No, it was Bermudez. Bermudez. Oh, it was Bermudez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he missed weight by like six or seven pounds, right? Yeah, I think it was three or four. I want to think it was like 139 or 140. Uh, but yeah, he was still considerably over. It looked pretty rough, but yeah, I mean, he made it. He made pretty quick work of him. Yeah, starting out last year, I remember us talking about at one point, people who had missed weight were like seven and oh. Yeah. At one point. And it seems like here here recently, everybody that, that has missed weight is, has gotten their ass whooped. So maybe that's taking a turn. Um, tough one for hot sauce, man. You know, uh, Lentz just, just wanted to wrestle and, and hold him down for the whole fight. I kind of thought Scott could out-wrestle him, but um, he just kind of got beat there. Uh, but, you know, Scott's a tough dude. He'll be back. Yeah, Scott has always put on an exciting fight. He brought the action and, and got the better of the stand-up and really looked good in the third round, I thought. Not that he didn't look good in any of the rounds, but uh, Lentz, you know, I, I, Lentz used to be kind of known for the way that he fought this time. You know, if you think back a few years back, uh, he was kind of known as like a grindy, kind of more boring style wrestler. And then for whatever reason, over the last year, he he stopped fighting like that and was knocking some guys out and gotten some slugfest. And I think if we'd gotten that kind of fight out of him, then Scott would have gotten it done. But he, he went back to what, uh, you know, kind of his old school way of fighting. And he fought a good game plan. You can't take it away from him. You know, he uh, he, he he got the timely takedowns and, and held control and, uh, and 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 earned the win. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts on uh, this uh, the ESPN prelims? Yeah, I mean, like the rest of you guys, I mean, uh, it, it it hurt watching uh, Scott not get the W in that fight. I, I mean, I don't want to, uh, you know, insult him or Lance or you know by the comment or the clicheness of the comment, but. You know, I think another round, a five-round fight, that, you know, Scott walks away the winner uh, in that one. Um, because as that, you know, latter part of the second and third round came on, uh, you could just see and you just kept telling yourself, man, if he just had five more seconds, if he just had two more minutes, uh, you know, it was it was like it was inevitable to happen. You, he was just going to run out of time. Um, and he did more damage in this fight. Um 
And, uh, you know, cardio-wise, he, he was in much better shape. Um, I, there was just no secret. I mean, the fight was won just from, uh, and again, I hate complaining, but just <laughs> the stalling, the stalling technique, uh, you know, and that's fine. He want, you know, Lance wanted to win just as bad as Scott did, and he did what he had to do to, to get it. Um, you know, I think the crowd in the, in the arena told the story too, you know, uh, they knew how that fight would play out if they would just stand there and they did stand there and, and throw and bang for a while. But, you know, when, when it start started going, uh, Scott's way, you know, Lens knew I, I got to get back to the fence. Um, all right. You know, I'm, I'm from that thought process that I, I hate it when I'm judging, you know, the, the fear I don't want to say I spend a lot of time thinking about what the other two judges are doing, but I'm thinking, you know, how are they putting so much weight on the tape? You know, how much damage was done after the takedown? Um, are they seeing this the way I did? Because I look for, you know, even in wrestling, you know, you get some points for taking, you know, getting taken down, but you know, the other guy gets points for getting back up too, you know? And so a lot of these takedowns in the, in the beginning stages of the fight, you know, yeah, his butt hit the ground and he went down, but he immediately, you know, was posted back up on one arm and climbing back up the cage um, you know, no one, no one really talks about the fact he got up as much as they're right. talking about the fact, you know, he was taken down all the takedowns. Well, for every takedown, for you to have seven takedowns, that means he got up, you know, six times at least. Right. Uh, so, you know, like I said, that one hurt just because I fully walked away from that fight, still thinking Scott was the better fighter. Scott did more damage, uh, and given more time, Scott, wouldn't have just won the fight. I think he would have ended the fight. So that one hurt. Um, uh, Ash, I was pulling for Ashley Evan Smith um, just because, you know, God damn it, I'm filthy, and she's hot too. She's a, um, you know, she reminds me of Christy Mack, and, you know, I'm a porn guy. Um, she does kind of look she like Christy Mack. She's got a little Christy Mack look. Like the little, uh, like the tats on the legs, kind of round. She got a, I don't know. This isn't family. This is not family friendly, right? She got a, yeah. What kind of ass? Are we doing? I'm just saying. Look, her ass is uh, tremendous. Um, you know, so yeah, I was rooting for Ashley Evans Smith. Now, from what's the, crazy uh, is most people would pick uh, KGB Lee as like the quote hottie of the of the fight. You know. Now I guess I got a different taste. Like I said, uh-huh. I grew up on older guys. Um, so, uh, that, uh, shaved head and tattoos, it, it does it for me, but, uh, but you know, MMA wise, I'm like you, Tim, I thought she was just going to be the bigger kind of bully her around a little bit. Um, I mean, guys don't forget. I mean, this is the girl back in the day that beat a dude in the ring, you know, sure uh, you know, Fallon Fox may have been, you know, on paper a girl, but she was a man. Yeah. Uh, and she was the first one to end that little, uh, the gimmick that was going on. Uh, so I, I expected her to kind of bully uh, uh, KGB around and, and use that size and weight on her. But uh, damn it, Andrea's got some, her Muay Thai's good, her stand-up's good. And I really thought the the year that she had last year with all that drama and controversy uh, and, and you know, how her public life has just been drugged through the ringer, um, you know, with her husband, with the, uh, the domestic violence stuff, you know, uh, kudos to her for being able to keep her head about her and, and focus on her career and to perform like that. But, um, you know, she did have a fight cancel at the end of last year. So she's damn near been in a camp for six months, uh, getting ready, you know, from one fight to the next. So, um, 
what else we what else do we have? Sterling and Rivera. That was that was an awesome fight too. Um, I'm an Aljamain Sterling fan as well, so uh, I was rooting for him. Um, I think it was Justin that said something about it, his crew and his camp. Uh, I love listening to that Longo group in the corner. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, they're entertaining. The thing is they're entertaining, but they're so educated and they know what the hell they're talking about. Um, so uh, big fan of that, uh, that, that, uh, that camp up there. Um, now, if you looked at the two fighters, you would have guessed Rivera was from Longo's uh, crew and yeah. not Sterling. Uh, he lo- not, he seems not far to, apart. They, they yeah, he close. seems to fit the bill. I love the backstory, you know, about the uh, – I guess uh, what, what's the promotion up there, Tim? Um, Ring, Ring of uh, – yeah, Ring of Con- – you know, the, the history. Is that the, is that the promotion that they were both in? Yeah, um, that, I was actually th- saying that night, like, that would have been, like, a pretty major fight to have in New Jersey or New York. Right, and I know that that was a fight. They kind of just missed each other. One was, you know, Sterling was on his way out, I think, as Rivera was was at his peak in, in Ring of Combat, and that was one of those, you know, uh, MMA forum-type fights where, you know, uh, the uh, the pages where everybody would argue back and forth on if they fought each other, and that was something that maybe they tried to put together then. So their little rivalry goes back long before the UFC, so that was kind of cool to uh, watch a, a local regional rivalry uh, make its way all the way to the UFC. So that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love seeing that that kind of thing. I think, like I said, if they'd done it in New Jersey or New York, it would have been like a, a real big deal probably. Greg, your thoughts on uh, the prelims on ESPN? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to just go through mine real quick. Uh, Nick, Russell, fuck Lentz. Uh, Andrea, play it safely. Manny, beat that ass Bermudez. And uh, I told you so, Al Sterling. That's all I got to say about him. I, I was hard betting against Jimmy Rivera, too, because I always bet on Jimmy Rivera. I always bet on him. But in this particular instance, it's the only time I've ever bet against him. And uh, I don't uh, – I wouldn't – I just right now I'm not betting against Andrea Lee uh, in any of her upcoming fights because she's she's on a mission. She's been on a she's been on a mission for a while and she's going to continue. But uh, I just I can't say that I was impressed by Nick Lentz. I wasn't, and uh, I mean I don't know. I just don't. Uh, I, I'm I'm probably a boring fighter too when I get tired. But um, just I I, I want to see some some action. I don't want to see a hold hold a guy against the cage for the whole fight and then come out and say, I dominated that fight. Cause I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it, but, uh, that's all I got to say about all them fights. Rivera didn't seem like himself. Like Rivera, Rivera is generally just looked. I didn't think he looked very good. I don't know if it was just that Aljamain looked real good or, but to me, Rivera didn't seem like he was just there. You know, I, yeah. I think Aljamain is just a better, like all around, like better athlete all around than Jimmy Rivera is. He's not, He's not basically like he's not an MMA fighter or have one specific thing he goes to. Al Jermaine is just an athletic individual, and I think that's just what helps him in his, all of his fights. He's just a lucky, blessed, talented dude. Moving on to the main card, Andre Touchy Feely gets a unanimous decision win over Miles Fury Jury. Uh, Vicente Luque uh, defeats Brian Barberina in just just a fucking just a war. I mean, these guys beat the shit out of each other for three rounds. He finally drops Barbarita and finishes him off with like five seconds to go in the third round. But man, 
Barbarita gave him everything he wanted. He took some crazy shots. He delivered some crazy shots. And for Luke to have been the biggest favorite on the card, I believe he was minus 500 or so. Oh, you know, he was he was up there pretty high. Uh, I I remember I really like Barbarina. I do. I, I, he's a cool guy to be around, and he's and he's just his his style is awesome to watch. But I thought for sure that Luke would just be too much, and and I ended up parlaying Luke in real life and, and winning a little bit on him, not near as much as I lost. But um, it was uh, it was definitely making me sweat and rethink my decision uh, going in on a minus five hundred for a fight like that. That's for sure. Uh, and then Cron Gracie makes his highly anticipated debut, gets a fairly uneventful rear naked choke over Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres in the first round. Uh, didn't surprise too many people. Be interested to see him uh, take a step up. Uh, let's go to uh, Greg first this time. Your thoughts on the first half of the main card? I'm sorry. What I'm come back? What'd you say? I missed what you said. I was clicking over. I just I just sent it to you for your thoughts on the first half and the main card. Oh, uh, Feely, Luke, and uh, Cron Gracie. Well, we yeah, we talked about Andre Feely coming out like a world beater sometimes, and sometimes he comes out like he could he could have done better yesterday or something. But, yeah, this is one of the ones where he came out and uh, had a game plan stuck to it the whole time. And uh, the uh, Vince, I can't pronounce his name, Vicente. Yeah, Vicente Luque. And the Brian Barbin. Yeah, that, that damn fight. uh Jesus Christ, back and forth, and like that, you would think you really would looking at that beforehand, betting on that fight. I don't know what the odds were because I didn't get to play. I need to play on any of these right here, but um, like you wouldn't have known who the who the favorite was in that fight. I don't think no. that was absolutely. Did they get the fight of the night? Surely, Jeff. Did they? I don't know, but surely the fuck they did. Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> Good. They deserved it, both of them. And the uh, moving on to the Cron Gracie fight, that was um, just such a mismatch for uh, Roy. Uh, you know, old Bruce Lee, Roy. Man, I, I really felt bad for him. But you know, you're going in there fighting somebody that's done something like this their whole life. You got to expect to be ready for it. And I just don't. I don't think he he'll ever be ready for that right there. Justin, you took a took a shot at Barbarina there at plus three twenty five. Had to have been feeling pretty good about it in the third round, but he's still standing around in a in a close fight like that. Uh, you also lost a little bit taking a flyer on Bruce Leroy, who didn't put up a whole lot of resistance. Your thought on the the first half of the main card? Obviously, everybody everybody knows that it was a war between Luke and Barbarina. Um, I just. I've been watching Barbarina pretty close for a while, you know, since he moved in down to Knoxville. And um, the dude's just tough as hell, man. And, you know, Vicente wants to come in there and finish you quick. And, I mean, I think that if it would have went to a decision, I mean, it was up in the air. Uh, you know, Barbarina could have won. He, he dropped Vicente in the first round, um, you know. And then, then both of them were just eating huge shots. Um, but that was a great fight. I mean, uh, I would, I'd bet on Barbarina if they fought again especially at those odds, you know, I think that, uh, he was, he was definitely overlooked going into that one. Um, oh, I would too. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I took Caceres mostly just because of his, the experience, you know, Kron had four fights in, you know, MMA. I mean, obviously he's, you know, a great jiu-jitsu player and, you know, comes from a legacy and all that, but it's a little bit different when you're getting punched in the face and Kron's, Striking was kind of like you expected, you know, pretty fucking horrendous. But doesn't really matter if you can if you get on somebody's back and and you know that right then 
it's just a matter of time before the fight's over. Um, but, you know, Caceres has so many UFC fights. It's just, I don't know, I just thought the experience would uh, would play in his favor. But we'll see what, what happens uh, in Kron's next fight. I mean, I think that he'll he'll probably get another big name. Um, it's it's crazy. This is a, a, little, a stat that I heard earlier. But did you know that Kron is the first Gracie to win in the UFC since um, – since since ninety four, I think it was. Oh wow! Yeah, that's so. There's there's been a few that have been in the UFC, but they haven't gotten a win. So Kron's Kron's the first one to win since Poise in ninety four. So twenty four, twenty five years. Yeah, that's fucking that's, crazy, huh? It really is. It's incredible. You know, really. Yeah, to think that you know, ultimately, when you when you break it all down, that's the family that started this entire thing. You know, this mm-hmm. this whole sport that that we love so much. It came from that family, and he's the first one to win in, in 24 years. But um, you know, in having the Diaz boys in his in his corner, uh, you know, there's he's got he's got a bright future. I mean, you know, he you know, still super early in his career, he hasn't taken all the head damage uh, that a lot of these guys have playing jiu-jitsu. and so you know, CTE, you don't have to worry about that as much with him, um, but. I look forward to seeing what, what he can do. I was, I was stoked when I heard about him coming to the UFC, but I thought I was going to make a little money on Caceres there. Uh, Calvia, you know, she called out Suarez afterwards, which is pretty interesting. I guess everybody's turning down that fight, and Calvia says bring her on. So it's another girl that I've been watching for a while that I'm um, super impressed with. Um, and then James Vick and Paul Felder, man, that, that fight was nuts. I don't know if, if, if the other guys, if we even got this far yet, but – that was a crazy fight. Yeah, we'll get to that one here in just a second. Uh, Jeff, your your thoughts on the uh, first half of this main card? Uh, any surprise there from Cron uh, Gracie, or you were you expecting dominance? And also the uh, thoughts on the Barbarina fight, man. You're you're familiar with him as well. That was a that was a a wild one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, um, what hasn't already been said about that fight? I mean, the only thing I can really add is just, you know. Uh, there are two guys right now in the UFC Hall of Fame that get credit for resurrecting the UFC for that same exact fight. You know, uh, yeah. you know, Bonner and Forrest Griffin put on that type of fight, and they're in the Hall of Fame. So I, I hope that that fight continues to, even after it's long gone, you know, we're a year or two down the road, uh, that's, that type of fight needs to be remembered. That was incredible. You know, uh, Dad Bod, Barbarina, that dude has got a chin and heart like no other. He's the most unassuming guy. If you just look at his physique when he takes his shirt off and you you stack them side by side and you thought, there's no way. You know, oh, yeah. uh, Luke A's fixing to smash him. Uh, Brian has got so much heart. Uh, and he better not ever shave because that beard uh, may be the difference in the padding on those punches because he has got a chin of granite to take some of those shots. But like you said, he gave them right back. And um, I, I think it may – I don't know if it's Greg or Justin that said, um, had he not been dropped, I, that, I'm, I would not be surprised one bit had he gotten the decision. Um, I think he turned that fight around uh, enough and uh, – and his shots, I think, were just harder. They were stiffer. Uh, I think he would have gotten the decision. Um, but hell, props to him for being a fucking warrior. Even if he had had a glimpse of thought in his mind that he might have a decision, he did not backpedal. He did not stall. He was going in there 
And when when his corner, whoever's corner started yelling out how much time was left, it was, all right, damn it, let's plant our feet right here and let's swing for the fences. Let's give him a show. Uh, I hated it. made me sick to see him go down just because that's the type of fight that you didn't care which one won. They both deserved to hear the final bell. Um, so I hated that one. Uh, I hated that it, that it turned out the way it did because it was a classic. Um, the Gracie fight, you know, it, it, it wasn't surprising just because you knew, you knew what you were getting and you knew what you were going to get. Uh, I never really, in my mind, gave Caceres um, a chance to win the fight uh, just because I knew, you know, Gracie's going to, he'll take a punch. He's going to get his hands on him and he's going to wear, he's going to be a backpack. He's going to wear them. Um, I, I am interested to see where they go from here though with Gracie, you know, are they going to do like typical with, you know, the, the Van Zandt of the world where they think they got something got a lot of hype behind. Are they going to push them too fast? Are they going to let them build up a bunch of fights? Then where as a fan, you're just or a fan of the UFC. You're going, okay, you just keep feeding them all these easy fights. And then you get restless because you want them to fight, uh, you know, a, a Maya type level grappler to see, okay, uh, let's see what you really got. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know which way they're going to go with him. Uh, he definitely seems he might be a Gracie, but he seems more Diaz than Gracie. Uh, he he may or may not uh, toke on the reefer. I'm not sure, uh, but he has that look in his eyes. He's pretty chill uh, and doesn't look like he takes too much too serious. So, um, so I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm definitely interested because Saris, uh, he's got to be he's one fight away from sitting at 500 at me now. Like he's. He has had a sneaky long career in the UFC and always seems to be hovering around the 500 record. Yeah. So um, I think he's just one fight away from sitting at 500. So you got to kind of wonder um, how much longer he's going to be there. Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought a lot about what was the UFC's, uh, you know, what were, I, I know they were what they were thinking. They were thinking about Cron Gracie, but what did they think about, Caceres to kind of quote unquote feed him to to Grayson, yeah. yeah, to put him in that spot. So is is he expendable now to where, hey, this you know we get Gracie a win, it gives us a reason to cut Caceres. Uh, you know, I don't know. So uh, interested to see how that goes as well. Yeah, I think um, I think you're probably about spot on. I, I about I bet you see him get cut now. What, what about him and Ryan Hall? That might be fun. Yeah, a lot of people, that was the first thing, you know, Twitter-wise, uh, that everyone first threw out. Um, yeah, I'd be interested because Ryan Hall's the same way. Uh, very unassuming, just laid-back, kind of chill type of guy that will pop your head off in a second. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely, I'd buy it. I'd watch it. <laughs> On to the, to the main fights, uh, feature bout. Females, Cynthia Calvillo uh, defeats Courtney Casey by unanimous decision. Uh, she was the favorite in that one. And um, let's see, it looks like, um, yeah, Justin put a little bit down on Calvillo and won at minus 325. And Paul Felger defeats James Vick by unanimous decision. And come to find out, he had gotten like a collapsed lung in the third round and still, uh, you know, finishes that fight. And, uh, or he didn't finish the fight, but he, he completed the, you know, the three rounds. Got a tough decision over James Vick, who, you know, we all like Paul Felder on here. Um, I went with Felder, as did Justin. 
but uh, I was still sweating it the whole time just because Vic is, you know, Vic's dangerous. But, uh, you know, Felder was doing really well with that leg kick, and Vic just didn't really have an answer for it. And then, of course, in the main event, Francis Ngannou with a 25-second TKO over Cain Velasquez, who hurts his knee, I guess, as part of it. But I think he was getting lit up a little bit uh, in the process. Uh, bad loss for Cain Velasquez. Big win for Ngannou now. Uh, let's start off with uh, Greg. Your thoughts on uh, the main the, the main shit? Uh, I'll tell you what. Courtney Casey's a very very big one fifteen. That's a very large girl. Um, She's tall, huh? But uh, but uh, Cynthia went out there and dominated. I mean, it, like I don't think at all during that fight was Courtney uh, out out of out of reach of you know maybe maybe finishing her at all because it was kind of scary for Cynthia. But she she you know she she. She won, you know, fairly, uh, fairly. It was, I'd say, it was a fairly one-sided victory. But you know, Courtney at all times was uh, threatening. Uh, the James Vick and Paul Felder fight. Oh, that was great. And yeah, he had a, you know, he got. They said that in the third round, he probably got a lung punctured from a rib shot, and uh, still was able to continue out and actually win the fight, which was very impressive. And then uh, Kane Velasquez and uh, and Ganu. Um, yeah, Kane pretty much got tagged and i think he realized uh i'm getting older and that ring rust uh got knocked off a little too soon uh too soon in that fight he was still stiff and when he got hit he went limp i don't think his knee had anything to do with anything i think when he got hit uh he found out like you know this is new heavyweights and uh, these guys are these guys are uh, big boys now just like me so that's that was my take on the main card there Justin, your uh, your take on uh, on the on the main uh, the main fights here at uh, UFC on ESPN. I got a little ahead of myself last time and already knocked out a couple of them. But just real quick, I meant I meant to say this last time and and got caught up talking about that, getting ready to talk about that Felder fight. But um, uh, Luke right now has a, a 180 day suspension, so six months. Wow. Um, so I mean that that it doesn't say on here um, on what I'm reading whether it's uh, pending you know a doctor's clearance or not. A lot of times you'll see that, but uh, as of right now it's 180 days. So he's got the same suspension as Kane and uh, Calvillo's got that that same suspension too. So he won't be fighting in Nashville. It doesn't look like. But uh, the only one well, I guess I didn't talk too much about Vic and Felder, but. I love James Vick. I don't know. I don't know what it is Around about him, day. but even <laughs> even since he was on the Ultimate Fighter, you know, I, I don't know. I just just uh, kind of have just just always followed him, you know. And then Paul Felder, obviously, you know, we saw him, him fight Craig back in the day. That's kind of what what got him into the UFC. Basically, was was that win over Craig. So um, I hated I hated this fight just because I knew that that James Vick was going to get beat, but. Uh, I thought that he was going to get beat a lot worse than he did. I, I thought Felder was going to finish him, to be honest. Um, both these guys are just tough as hell. You know, Felder's last fight, he got a broken arm and, and kept fighting. This one, he gets a punctured lung and keeps fighting. So, he couldn't ask for a lot worse luck. Um, luckily for Felder, he's, he's got the commentary thing on the side. So, when this is when when the injuries do pile on and, and this is over, he's got something to look forward to. Um, so... I'd like to see what, what what James Vick could possibly do at at welterweight. I think he might just be just a little bit too big for the weight class, and and the weight cut uh, just might be a little bit too much. Uh, but 
you know, Felder, him and Felder are two, probably two of the biggest lightweights uh, in the UFC right now. So uh, you could see either one of them moving up pretty soon. Got my ass handed to me on uh, Velasquez and, and Gano. I thought, you know, perfect matchup for Kane to come back to. He just comes in, takes takes Ngano down and, and bloodies him up like he, he does everybody else and gets the easy win. But, um, you know, he kind of acted like he didn't didn't get hit at all. I think in the in the post fight presser he said that uh, none of those punches landed and that you know his knee just gave out on him. But you can watch the replay in slow motion. Um, when you get clipped, a lot of times you don't remember exactly what happened. All you remember is is bits and pieces, and maybe he only remembers his knee going out. But he definitely got hit with a short uppercut, and that's what that's what kind of started the whole thing. And once he was down, the the stoppage may have been a little premature, but you know, you, you can't eat too many shots from a, a guy that naturally walks around at 265, 270 pounds. Uh, you know, Kane's a lot smaller. Kane's like 240 or something, 245. Perfect for, you know, he, he needs needs a cruiserweight division, and, and you wouldn't see Kane get beat that much. But tough to tough to see, you know, one of the better heavyweights that, that we've seen over the years. And, you know, he's been so plagued with injuries that, we haven't seen him too much. It's been a long time since he's been in there and comes back. And, you know, same same kind of thing happened to him. Uh, he got the first UFC on Fox card and got knocked out by Junior. And now he gets the first UFC on, on uh, Big ESPN and gets knocked out again. So tough luck, man. Uh, might not see too much Kane from here on out. Yeah, I would imagine we probably won't. Uh, Jeff, your take on the main fights? I know you're uh, good friends with Courtney Casey, so it was a uh, a roller coaster of emotions for you on uh, Sunday. It was, um, you know, my you know my history with Courtney Courtney goes back years. Um, I was lucky enough to to be in her corner. Uh, I guess it was a year ago at UFC Dallas. Uh, against uh, Aguilar, and when she was, you know, able to put on a beautiful performance and and tattooing her face uh, for three rounds. Uh, so, you know, I had a lot invested in, in this fight, and it, crazy enough, this fight probably, like I said, a year ago in Dallas, uh, Cynthia was at the after party at the bar, and Courtney knew it that night. She was like, "I'm gonna end up fighting that girl." You know, she knew that it somewhere down the line it was gonna happen. Um, but to be honest and fair, you know, I, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of action, honestly. It's like a lot of the action was, you know, with the air, you know, both were, uh, you know, more so Courtney too, you know, a lot of just, just those routines, you know, throwing a jab out there, but you know, wasn't even anywhere near collecting, just kind of measuring the distance, but it seemed like we were measuring the distance for a long time. You know, she never really put a lot of, of combos together. And, uh, and Cynthia was able to get, she was always able to get one through and connect with one. So while it looked like Courtney was staying busy and was throwing a lot of punches, you know, they weren't connecting and Cynthia was able to get one through that would, you know, jar Courtney's head back and it, it looks good for the judges. And, and, and you, if you're a judge, you're just, you're tallying up those points. Um, but like one of the guys already said at no time was Courtney in trouble to where you didn't think that if she really just kind of pulled the trigger and, and, uh, pressed the action that she couldn't get back in that fight. It just never did. It never did happen. And it never did pan out that way. Um, 
So, uh, you know, I think Justin said it earlier when he was talking about it. I'm I'm on board with that whole Suarez fight. Suarez is a fucking beast, and I'm not a big Cynthia uh, Calvia fan, so I would definitely watch to see Tatiana um, beat the shit out of her, and I think she will beat the shit out of her because that that goes on another level. Uh, she's mean, uh, so I will definitely I'll be standing in line for that one. Uh, Vic and Felder, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of uh, back and forth on that one. On I'm not necessarily a James Vic fan, but I've always had, I was I was on board for years now. James Vick has been upset, and he's not been shy about telling people he's not getting respect. And why am I not getting respect? And I I was on board with that. I believe that too. I thought for a while now that um, he's just get he keeps getting overlooked, and he keeps putting in the work. But I never really felt like he was going to beat Paul Felder. You know, I was definitely on board with him getting his shot, whether it be a main event uh, somewhere. I think, I mean, he, he'd been asking and lobbying in the past for Poirier fights and, and big name fights just wasn't getting them. And I couldn't understand it. Even when they would go to his hometown, he wouldn't get them. So I was definitely happy to see he got this shot, but I never really felt that he was going to beat Paul Felder. Uh, after the fight was over, when the news came out, I don't know. I'm an old, old school WWF, you know, I'm a, I'm a wrestling Mark. All I kept thinking about was, uh, you know, um, uh, shit. I just went blank. Uh, what's his name? Always talking about I want to go metal with a broke oh, freaking Kurt neck. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Yeah. So I, I kept as soon as I heard that, I just in my head I said I won the fucking match with a punctured fucking lung. You know, with a collapsed freaking lung. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> so that was awesome to find out. It's, it's amazing to think of what he continued to put put out there effort wise while that was going on in his body. It had to have been rough. Uh. So I'm excited to see where Felder goes from there. You know, uh, he's got a career behind the mic, you know. Um, so I don't know. I'll be interested to see what happens after that. Main event, you know, I just – I was never really on board with that fight as a main event anyway. I've never been a Cain Velasquez fan. Um, and I don't know. Y'all would probably just, you know, beat the shit out of me if I was in front of you for saying it. I can't stand all this talk about him possibly being – the best heavyweight of all time in the UFC. I, I just don't see it. Um, I, I honestly, I don't even, I, to me just record wise and, and title defenses, you know, how, how is he the greatest heavyweight over Stipe, you know, um, just based on paper on, on facts and numbers. Um, I just never, uh, you know, I never, I never saw it. Um, he, uh, had a big win over Brock. Um, but I'm just, I've never been sold on Cain Velasquez. Didn't quite understand other than just name recognition. Uh, I guess the nostalgia of being the first one on Fox and now being the first one on, on ESPN, I'm putting them in that position. Um, it was very interesting to see one of the pre-fight interviews from the venue where they uh, interviewed his coach. And, and I believe his coach, you know, said in, in so many words and pretty much like, like this was not a fight that his coaching staff really ever agree, you know, like they wanted, you know, this is not the fight they wanted for his comeback. Uh, you know, regardless, they were able to make a deal and, and they support their fighter and they're going to, you know, train them. But, you know, I think his coaches knew that this was not a smart fight for him, you know, in, in a comeback fight. So kind of in hindsight, you know, looking back going, well, maybe you shouldn't have taken it. Maybe you should have worked for something else or, or a different opponent. Um, because when Ganu touches you, you're going to feel it. You're going to fucking 
feel it. Um, and that's, that's the results. And, and like one of the other guys do said, I, I, I think it's kind of disrespectful. And maybe he doesn't realize that he got hit. Maybe he just he got clipped and he doesn't realize it because it all happened so fast. But to continuously say that, you know, I lost this. There's other ways to handle that. Be a little humble. You know, at least entertain the thought that maybe I did get clipped and I just don't realize it. But to continuously keep saying the knee buckled. I only fell because of the knee. I, you know, it's a little disrespectful to your opponent. Um, just roll with it take it with a grain of salt and just move on. Um, I, I'm of the uh, thought that this, that I don't know if it, it might be the last time we see them. Uh, if not, they're definitely going to give her, give them a, a much safer opponent next time to, uh, to rebound with, and then maybe we'll run off into the sunset that way. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I got to agree with you, man. Uh, the, definitely not a spot to be uh, making excuses there. And, uh, and it, it takes a little bit of the, of the shine away from a, a big win, uh, you know, probably the biggest win of Ngannou's career. Uh, and maybe, I, you know, I've been kind of down on Ngannou uh, over his last few fights just because of the, the bad performance he had against Derek Lewis. But maybe that was just kind of an outlier. You know, maybe 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 I was wrong. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. But he's certainly a hitter. That's for sure. Uh, that wraps up UFC on ESPN one over uh, the, the overall. I think a pretty good, pretty good showing. I think they they probably had good uh, good numbers. I'm guessing there running on. Although they had the NBA All Star game, uh, they were running against, but uh, they they most likely put up pretty good numbers. I'm guessing there for for their first showing there. Uh, we're gonna briefly, uh, ever so briefly, touch on the only event we got this weekend. There is a Bellator event in Ireland of not of any real consequence. But we've got UFC Prague, the first time the UFC has gone to the Czech Republic. And this one is divided into, well, it comes on like in the daytime Saturday, first of all. So it starts on ESPN2. We have seven prelims on ESPN2, and then it switches over to the ESPN Plus at uh, at 2 p.m. for... For the main card, this is one of those uh, trap trappy type cards that we generally tend to um, to fail at, and so I'm guessing you're not going to see a whole lot of action from us. Uh, to recap, though, as we come back um, to our to our picks uh, progress, if you will, it wasn't good for anyone for, but Greg. Greg, of course, went all in uh, on Michael Page and uh, turned his 51.19 units into 73.94 units now going into this week. I just tanked everywhere. I, I lost my parlay on Kane and Venom. I lost on Albu, Holtzman, and Rivera. I won a little bit of it back on Felder, but overall I lose 30.48 units on the week and I'm down to 69.3 uh, to play with. Justin... Uh, he he didn't shine too brightly, but he had a nice cushion. He he lost five. Uh, he let's see. He lost on his parlay with Congo, Roy, and Venom. Lost another parlay with Caceres, uh, Cynthia, and Kane. Lost on Eric Silva, Barral, Holtzman, Barbarina, Caceres, and Velasquez, and got some wins back uh, with Sterling, Calvillo, and Felder. Overall, he loses thirty-seven point four five units on the week to finish. Uh, still in the black, one hundred six point eight five. If you've been tailing Justin. 
you've been making really good money. Hopefully you just didn't start tailing Justin this past week. Because <laughs> uh, in that case, you lost quite a bit. We're going to try to get back a little bit of it here. But uh, again, this is one of these uh, kind of outlier cards. I like the main event pretty good. And there's some there's some recognizable names. But we've got a lot of a lot of the unknown here. Um I'm just going to quickly go uh, go through this one. Uh, of course, the prelims at 11 a.m. on ESPN2. Uh, we've got Demir Ismagulov, minus 250 over the debuting Joel Alvarez of Spain. He's plus 210. Uh, pretty interesting little uh, fight here. Uh, Rustam, Rustam Havilov is minus 145 over Carlos Diego Feia, plus 125. I really like uh, uh, a CDF here at plus 125. I, that, this guy's fought a lot of tough guys. And uh, and Hobby Life is kind of, uh, you know, he came out guns blazing, suplexing fools and knocking people out with suplexes and shit. And now he's really kind of cooled off. Of uh, and then we've got Chris Fishgold, uh, submission specialist from uh, England. He's minus 250 over the lesser of the Tamer brothers, Daniel Tamer, who's plus 210. <laughs> um, uh, Michael Prezeris. Uh, is minus uh, 425 over the, the short notice replacement Ishmael Nardiev, who's plus 335. Uh, gentlemen, uh, any uh, Justin? I'll start with you. Any any interest at all in this uh, first half of the prelims? Javi Love is 23 and three. Oh yeah, yeah, he's, he's got a huge record. Yeah, he hasn't slowed down. He just hasn't got any big names yet. Uh, I think he's gonna walk through. Fahea. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. I think that that that's that's really uh, good odds for for Havilov. Um, you know, I I think Havilov, like you said, he he did come out guns blazing, and you haven't heard a lot about him uh, since then. But he hasn't slowed down any. You know, I see still whooping people. So I'm going to take Havilov uh, for five. Actually, let me go 10 for Hobby Love on that one. All right. And uh, Justin goes 10 units uh, on Rustam Hobby Love, minus 145 uh, for 10 units. And uh, is that it for, on that first uh, quartet, if you will? I'm also going to take uh, Fish Gold for 10. Chris Fish Gold uh, over Daniel Tamer. 10 units, and he is uh, is the, the favorite at minus 250 there. I like Fish Gold in that fight, too. Uh, I think Tamer will come out and guns blazing, and it could be interesting at first, but I, I see as the fight wears on, Fish Gold will have the advantage. Uh, Greg, yeah, your, your take on any of these uh, first ones, uh, any action at all there, or, or n- no plays? Yeah, that hobby love, that's there's only I only got like two plays on this whole card to be honest, but that was one of, that was one of the plays that I was gonna make, and uh, but I was gonna bet pretty heavy on him. I mean, I mean he's not he's that's that's only I, just because there's not a whole lot of fighters on this card that I'm actually familiar with. I don't. I mean, there's only one fighter on here that I can honestly say that I really have followed a great deal throughout his career, and uh, he's up there top heavy in the co-main event but here you got a guy that's 23 and three and uh i mean he's one of those russian wrestlers too and that's that's really why i'm favoring him and uh and i'm just gonna fade diego here so uh i'm probably gonna take take him in a parlay later but i'm gonna go ahead and put 20 units down on him because we're coming up on the end of february and i've got to make a run at the end for this thing if i'm gonna beat justin and you so i'm gonna put 20 units on 
on a hob all of, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna uh, parlay him later with another. Uh, all right, and uh, Jeff, any take on any of these fights here? You know, any of these motherfuckers? Do you care? No, I don't care. No, I mean, I do. There's a there's some fights on here I'm interested in. I'm gonna leave the betting to you guys. Sure. Um, you know, the main event obviously uh, uh, moves the needle for me. Um, aside from that, the uh, Dotson uh, Peter Yan fight is uh, one that I'm looking forward to. Man, that's going to be an exciting fight. Uh, those are the two I'm most looking forward to as a fan. As far as plays for me, I'm going to go against both you guys, and I'm going to take CDF. Because again, uh, Hobby Lob's got great wrestling. He's been he he came out, you know, knocking fools out and slamming them around, ragdolling them. But now he started playing it more safe, and I think he's going to look to grind the decision, and he may. But I think that CDF is going to be much more active, has more avenues to get finishes, is going to be dangerous off his back the entire time. And so I'm not going to put as much faith in him as you guys. But I got plus money. I'm going to go five five units. Uh, on CDF, CDF plus uh, 125, and uh, I also like a parlay here. Uh, I think Demir Ismagulov is is quite a bit better than Joel Alvarez. More than anything, I am fading the competition from Spain uh, in Joel Alvarez. <clears throat> so I'm going to parlay Ismagulov at minus 250 uh, with Michelle Prezeris, who I think will be much too much for this uh, this newcomer, this 22-year-old uh, Australian kid, uh, Ishmael Nanardiev. So he's minus 420. Parlay those two together at minus 136, and I'm going 10 units uh, on that parlay. Uh, to round out the prelims, we've got three more. This next one could be a banger. I think this would be pretty good. Uh, Demir Hadzovic, he's, uh, he's a Bosnian guy, and he, he's, 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 he's pretty solid. He's minus 120 over Marco Polo Reyes, who we saw just murk Matt Frivola last time. This guy really comes to bang. He's, he's even money at plus 100. Uh, Carlo Pedersoli Jr., minus 145 over Dwight Grant, plus 125. Last time we saw Pedersoli, he was getting murked by Cowboy Oliveira. And then, uh, and then to round out the prelims, we've got uh, Veronica Macedo, who is uh, – oh, wow – this is flipped around a little bit, maybe. Um, yeah, no, okay, no, I've, I've written it down wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, Julian Robertson is the favorite here. Julian Robertson is minus 155. Veronica Macedo plus 135. Um, <clears throat> I'll start us off here. Uh, I really uh, like a flyer on Marco Polo Reyes plus 100. I think these guys are going to bang, and I think this guy could potentially uh, get the knockout here. So I like uh, Polo Reyes for five units um, and an even money. And then I also like uh, Julian Robertson, uh, minus 155 uh, at 10 units as well. Uh, Greg, anything for you here? No, no, no play on any of these fights right here. Justin? Uh, yeah. I'm not going to play anything on, the, on on this set either. Okay, right on. Moving on to the main card, and then you got to go over to ESPN Plus for this main card. And uh, we've got Magomed Ankaliyev, minus 225 over Clidson Abreu, plus 185. The only thing I note that I can remember about Ankaliyev is he was beating the shit out of Paul Craig, and then Paul Craig triangled him, and he tapped with literally one second to go in the fight, in a fight that he was dominating. Uh, Peter Yan, as Jeff brought up earlier, is minus 270 over John Dodson, plus 230. I think those odds are look a little steep for a big step up 
for Peter Yan personally. Uh, and then Liz Carmouche is minus 140 over Lucy Pudlova, who is the only Czech fighter on the entire card, noted. Plus 120 she is. Let's start off with uh, Greg. Anything for you on this first half of the main card? Uh, actually, I wasn't going to make any other plays, but I think I might take uh, Yan against Dobson. Dobson just because I don't like Dobson. Oh. And, I mean – I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't hate him, but I just, when he fights, I just always want to fade him. I guess in, in Rivera, Jimmy Rivera, like that's who fought him last time, right? Uh, they Is seem right? like they're uh, Dobson and Rivera seem like they're different sizes. Well, who did, who was it that Dobson fought last time? Uh, was, that's what, the same weight class. Oh, is it really? Yeah, thirty-five. I thought they fought because oh. remember. Well, yeah, then I'm I probably the fuck I'm talking about. Dobson just seems so. No, no, no. I, I think that they fought and uh, and 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 Rivera won the last time, but that was like the first real big huge MMA bet that I like placed, and like you actually uh, told me to go that way. I, I think I think it was you told me to bet. It was Jimmy Rivera. Sure, if it won, I'm sure it was me. Yes, yeah. he lost yeah. to Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, but uh, no, but uh, just uh. Yen's coming off of a six-fight win streak right now, and, and Dawson Dawson's just got he's got ten losses on his record. And, and uh, the reason the reason I like to fade him is because I feel like in his in his mind and heart and soul, losing by a little bit is not really a loss, and any kind of moral victory in his eyes is a win. And I, I, I don't think anybody's okay with losing, but it, to him it's a little less severe. So I'm just gonna throw what are, what are Yen's ad as uh, odds. Um, Jan is minus two seventy and Dodson's plus two thirty. I thought it seemed a little long, yeah. Well I'll put I'll put thirteen thirteen and a half on uh Jan. Thirteen and a half units on um on Jan for Greg at minus two seventy. Oh, playing for those big units, the big payoffs. Uh, all right, and uh Justin, anything for you? The uh, John Dodson and Petre Hyun fight. I think there's a lot of value on on Dodson. I just personally don't think that uh, that he's good enough. So I'm gonna take up. I'm gonna do a parlay between uh, Petre Hyun and Liz Carmouche for ten units. Very interesting. So uh, let me let me plug this in here. So uh, when we put Jan, who uh, is with Liz Carmouche, both favorites, we, you come back at plus one thirty five. Uh, so plus one. Th- that's actually pretty nice. Plus one thirty five uh, for ten units. I I like that play a whole lot. Um, as as for myself, um, I'm going to. Uh, I'm also going to to make a parlay here, and I'm going to go for five units. I'm going to go Jillian Robertson with Liz Carmouche and Magomed Ankaliev. Um, that kid's plus 310, and I'm going five units on that. Um, moving on to the feature bout, um, and I'm – golly, I should have, uh, like, looked up how to pronounce this dude's freaking name. But I'm going to take a, sh- a stab at it. Michael Oleksesic? Oleg Sechuk, a little help here, anybody? Justin? Not even a little bit. Uh, Oleg Sechuk. I'm just going to call him Michael O. Yep, sounds good. And Michael O is favored here. He is minus 210 over John Volante, plus 175. 
Uh, a little surprised to see uh, Michael O here uh, is heavily favored as he, as he is because I just kind of thinking back like a year ago, I feel like we were talking about this guy and, and it wasn't very it, like we weren't we were like meh you know and, and Volante can hit at least um, and and he has the ability to wrestle even though he hasn't really done that a lot lately um, and then of course the co-main event. Uh, man, this one is is a hard one to call. Uh, we've got Marcos Rogerio de Lima. He's minus 140 over Stefan Struve, the skyscraper, the Swedes, plus 120. And, uh, man, it's really hard to trust him anymore. Uh, I, 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 that's one that's really hard to call for me, too, because I feel like de Lima probably, should, if he's aggressive, can just knock him out. But... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But Delima isn't necessarily any kind of world beater either, you know. And then, uh, but before we get to the main event, we'll, we'll cover these two. Justin, any anything on these on the feature and the co-main? Sometimes you bet the odds, and sometimes you bet with your heart. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with my heart on this one because you gotta love Stefan Struve. Oh. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna parlay Stefan Struve and uh, Jean Volante. Jean coming out of. Uh, Longo Serra, um, you know, I always, always go for those guys. So I'm going to parlay those two for five units. And that gets back plus 500 there. John Valenti, Stephen Struve, both underdogs, five units uh, for uh, for Justin at plus 500. And uh, that's a that's an interesting one there. Both I, I definitely like uh, John Valenti here. I like Valenti a lot at uh, plus 175. I'm going to go five units myself on uh on john volante here uh, plus 175 uh greg anything for you here on these two yeah i'm gonna uh i'm gonna fade struve here and take the uh lame and my damn computer just froze up but I, that was the one i was gonna parlay too so i'm gonna put a hold on a second let me see if i can get that back up here the lima is uh, minus 140 140. Okay, yeah, I had him at 145. That's what I remembered. Okay, well, him and uh, Bobby Love. I'm gonna I want to parlay them, but I want to put a single bet on the Lima too. For uh, let's see here, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 20 on him, and then for the parlay, I want to put. Uh, what does that pay out? That minus 140, minus 140, or what is it? Um, parlaying parlaying the uh, Lima with uh, Bobby Love. Um, that gets you plus 200. Plus 200. All right. Well, what do I got remaining left on my account? Um, looks like, this? uh, you've spent, uh, 53 and a half and you had, um, 73.9. So you've got like 20, almost a 20 and a half, not quite 20 and a half, like 20.44. Well, let's, let's parlay both of them together for the rest of it. Fade out this February and beat you guys on on the points for Delima and uh, Hobby Life here. I kind of like that potentially, but uh, uh, the problem is the CDF is going to wreck that real early, and then you guys are going to be like, "You told me so." I know. Well, see, the problem I I don't I don't know about that. And then you got, but then also the other half of my parlay though, Stephen Struve's on three losses in the UFC straight UFC. Oh straight yeah, I'm not. I don't, I don't think know. I like I like that part. I like the well. I don't know how much I like Delima, but I I can I can certainly like uh, I can appreciate fading Struve. Right, and then you know your call on the uh, <laughs> on the early one is uh if it ends in the first round, I'll be happy. 
Main event, this one could end in the first round. I'd say that if uh, Tiago Santos has his way, it will. Tiago Santos takes on Jan Blackowitz. Light heavyweight action. It's the main event. And, man, the, the winner of this could find themselves in a pretty big fight pretty soon, potentially. It's it's an even money fight right now. It's pick them, both minus 110. And, uh, you know, Santos is, is a guy that can stop anyone. He's so aggressive. He's He's got so much power, and you know he, he's he's just an animal in there. But uh, can if if, if Blackwood, you know, this is a five round fight. If Blackwood can 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 draw this out into to deep waters, it, will Santos spade? It's very possible, and uh, so that this is a really tough one to call for me. Uh, I want to let you start off, Greg. Um, I'm not going to make a play on either one of these on either one of these guys. Oh, that's right. You're all in regardless. Okay, so yeah, you're so yep. no play on the main event for Greg and Justin. Uh, I think I'm gonna go ahead and go for it and take uh, Santos for 20 units. Yeah, I think he get, yeah. you think he stops him. Yeah, I think he finishes him first round. I don't think no. I don't think uh, I don't think Blockovich is gonna be able to handle the power, man. Tiago Santos is is. It's just another another level of power, you know, and um, I think he's going to put him away pretty quick. I'm going to follow you here, and I'm going to go 10 units myself on Tiago Santos uh, minus the 110. I, 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 I really kind of agree with you everywhere there. I think he's just going to – he'll be able to overwhelm Blockovitz here, and uh, uh, he better because uh, <laughs> if he goes deep, then he knows what's going to happen. Uh, so that, that, that wraps up our, uh, our preview, uh, a, a brief one here for the UFC Prague card. It goes down Saturday afternoon. So we'll be done with all of our MMA watching by, you know, probably, you know, six o'clock that night and we can uh, watch NBA or whatever. So cool. Uh, as always, thank you to our guests. Um, you know, thanks to Jeff Hobbs for stopping in, of course. And then uh, Nick Gertz and C4 Charlie Alexander. Best of luck to Ken Beverly out at LFA uh, Friday night on Access TV. Make sure you check him out. And uh, check us out next week. It's going to be fight week next week. Valor 56 coming up at the Cotton Eye Joe, March the 1st, Friday, March the 1st. Uh, it's going to be live on Flow Combat if you can't make it live. Hey, but, Tim. Yes. Hey, man, I don't know if we were going to do that this coming week on this weekend on the fights, but uh, I remember us actually talking about something on the Valor. Uh, oh, Facebook yeah, that's right. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, before we – oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, before, before, we, before we wrap this thing up, we've got a, a Facebook page now. We're Facebook official, uh, Valor Hour, the Valor Hour. You can, uh, you can look that up and make sure you like it. We're going to share the link to each episode each week, as well as some updated plays. Uh, if we play anything late, we will post it there because a lot of things change between the time that we record the podcast and when things actually go off. Sometimes odds come up that aren't available. So you can uh, watch for last-minute plays there. We're going to run a little a little contest here. Uh, if we, we will we'll be doing DraftKings this weekend. Uh, if you can beat uh, all three of us, uh, Justin, myself, and Greg, if your DraftKings lineup can beat our DraftKings lineup, then you are going to get entered for a chance to win two tickets to the next Valor Fights. And uh, all you got to do is uh, all you got to do is, is submit your your lineup. Greg, is that what, what we're going to have people submit their lineup on the page, or are we're going to we're going to create a game uh, that people can join? Well, 
I think it'd be a really good idea if we just created a game and uh, everybody can, you know, put their name on the Valor page that's interested in playing, and we can just put them in there and, you know, DraftKings can actually, you know, calculate all of our points, but we don't got to worry about it. And, you know, if whoever, okay. you know, if, if, you know, I think that the, I don't know necessarily you got to be all three of us, but, you know, if we're going to enter everybody in one or you can, we could do, we go one of two ways. We could take one person and play and have him play just us three in one game and, you know, just randomly pick out one person or I think we can have one competition where everybody's in. I'm sorry. I said, I think that's a lot to keep up with. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I think with the we if, just if you can win, if you uh, if you win the whole, if we have a big a big game, you know, and there's like 20 something people, we we know. I mean, hell, I'm I'm looking to win some free tickets too. So well, okay, I mean, well, uh, how about this? If, this is what you do. All you got to do: message Devour Hour page, shoot us a message, let us know your DraftKings uh, username, let us know your handle. We will invite you to our our private game where Justin, Greg, and I will have our lineup submitted. Uh, and all the people that are joining in that private game, whoever gets the top score, um, and if you get the top score, you beat all three of us. Obviously, as long as as long as it's not uh, you know one of us, then uh, you're gonna you're gonna win the tickets. Let's just do that. Whoever 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 gets that top score wins the tickets. And, Good fucking right. luck. Nah, yeah, my <laughs> my lineup last week was blown up pretty 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 quickly. It was. Uh, I'm shit, man. I, but mo, who knows? This week maybe we'll do better. The, the these these European cards are, they're the, we don't have the best track record on them. Nope. <laughs> so so yeah, trans- trans- good that ass. It, it don't matter. I'm still whooping that ass. Nah, yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, so so <laughs> make sure you, you, you message the Valor Hour your 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 DraftKings handle. We'll invite you to our private game. You win that game. You win two tickets next fight. We'll start doing that each week. Uh, once again, thanks to all of our guests. Thanks to my co-hosts, Justin and Greg. As always, uh, we will uh, we'll be back next week. It's fight week, Valor 56. We've got our, our full preview, man. We'll have picks panel going on for Valor 56. Um, we'll, I mean, I, we're going to talk to Jordan Weeks, I know, next week. And uh, we'll talk to Kim Beverly, see how it went for him at LFA. And then we've got our, our, our betting panel for the big UFC pay-per-view, uh, which is next weekend as well with the, the big John Jones fight. So it's going to be a loaded Valor Hour, gentlemen. Bring your coffee. Like uh, him. Yes. One more, one more thing. One more thing, man. I've been seeing all over the Valor Facebook page, uh, big news coming, big news coming. Are we going to touch base on any of that tonight, or are we waiting? On that, I well, I've got to wait on. I've got to wait on a couple of people to to approve, uh, some, to approve some some press release type stuff before we can announce it. Between now and then, you're going to get some big news. We've got a big show coming up it's in May. Killing me. Yeah, it's gonna, it it's gonna be a big one. Yeah, and you know we're we're kind of we're stepping our game up, and we're we've got a big one coming in May, and we're going to announce the the details of that very soon. And also, just like while I've been on here. Just and this probably won't make a damn to either one of you guys, but while I've been on here, I've been getting all these messages. Apparently, eight six four fighting championships has closed their doors. They've canceled their show uh, that they had for next weekend in in South Carolina. They were supposed to have a show the same weekend as ours, I think, and they canceled the whole motherfucker and shut it down. Well, I was wondering when they were going to run out of money. Like, I mean, eventually they had to run out of money, right? Like, they had a lot of stuff going on. Well, I don't know, man. You know, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, little offshoot things going on under tents and 
out outside in the fucking cold and yeah I mean, you know it's true it's, there's a lot a lot of things a lot of things going on there man i don't know uh but it's a tough business yeah this is a it's a tough oh yeah yeah, yeah. no doubt no doubt no to survive doubt. in you know so well as we get more details maybe we'll talk about this more next week this is all very fresh like people are i've had literally while we've been on the on the podcast i've had probably six people message me being like did you hear the news a6 floor closed down i'm like man i'm the last to hear most everything anymore that's that's a big reason why I sold this promotion is to, to withdraw myself from so much of the drama. So I'm not the first person to hear things anymore, but I but I yeah. I'll get wind of it eventually. <laughs> and uh, so we'll see we'll see what's up with that. Till next time, I'm your host Tim Boy. It's been the Valor Hour. See y'all next week. is an MMA report with Jason Floyd, Quick Fix, on Radio Influence. This week on the MMA Report podcast, you're going to hear my conversations with two men who are fighting at UFC 235, Marlon Vera and Cody Stamen. Plus, we'll talk to a prospect out of Factory X, Nate Smith. And we're going to cover the big UFC event on ESPN, the fight between Cain Velasquez and Francis Ngannou. Plus, Jason went to Connecticut to watch a two Bellator events, and rumor has it he lost all his money in the casino. That may or may not be true, but of course, you can check out the MMA Report podcast on RadioInfluence.com, the MMA Report.com, Owl Podcast Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com. 